Hello, everyone. Welcome in to the end of season pod spectacular Paradise Pod. With me, as always, Donald Leroy Hall. Donald, hello. How's it going? Not much, man. How's it going? Not much, man. One Not more much, for y'all man. this year. It's good to be back. It's been a minute. We have much to discuss. We'll get to it in a second. Let me give you a rundown of the agenda. We got the playoffs. The whole thing happened since the last time we talked to you. Talk about Nashville's two matches. In the end of our season, we'll give some end of season awards, maybe a couple superlatives. Talk about next season, outgoings, incomings in terms of transfers. The second edition of our annual Christmas quiz, where you, our beloved listener, can compete against Donald Leroy Hall, see how you fare. Did really well last against year. Against the defending champ, did surprisingly well last year. And then, uh, and then we'll get out of your hair and say goodbye to 2021. Let's get straight to it. When's the last time I kind of feel a little rusty? Yeah, we haven't recorded. We are definitely rusty. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying like your intro is terrible, but yeah, I think uh, I did okay. Considering, I was just like, yeah, I don't know when to talk. I kind of forget when I'm supposed to like. I was nervous to, yeah. to hit play and start. Um, let me make sure we are. Yeah, we're good. It might be like two months since we recorded. To be honest with you, it's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. and you know we're we're not really in 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 podcasting form either because we you know they were getting a little spaced out before yeah. that too. We had to get this one out. It's been, it's been weighing on our minds to, you know, not I leave guess you guys the, uh, with, with some. you know. The Orlando game was the week been before Thanksgiving, so that means it's been at least a month since yeah, we recorded. Yeah, it's been over a month. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but this will put a, uh, you know, this will let us close out the season with, uh, with uh, you know, a sense of uh, closure. And uh, I know yep. people have not been able to let go of the season until we get this one out. True. People you know, are basically walking around, you know, in a, in a state of panic and distress, not knowing where the pot is and feeling like they have been asking where the pot is. That, like the season is like over. I know, but like, I don't have any sense of closure and it's like something's missing and it, and it's us and we're yes. here for you. And we're we're going to help you, you know, put it to bed. Nashville C three, Orlando city one, November 23rd, a Tuesday night, the week of Thanksgiving. Tell me about, your game day experience, the feeling walking into the stadium seemed like it was a really fantastic, yeah, think, celebratory uh, atmosphere. We, you were there, right? No, I wasn't. Were you not there? No, I went back home um, for Thanksgiving. I had to travel the weekend before I that, forget. and it ended up not working out for me to get back to Nashville, yeah. so I wasn't there. You weren't there. No. Uh, okay, so the Red Bull game is the one that we pregame. So yeah, we didn't really. I, I don't fucking remember even what we did this game. <laughs> uh, we showed. To stadium. It was Tuesday night, so I don't know if you. Yeah, I, th- I think we went and drank somewhere, but I don't remember I think where. You did too. Yeah. Uh, I, I literally, I just can't think. Those holes in your socks are really bothering me. Yeah, that's fine. I got fucked up as a kid off of this is some childhood trauma. Like for some reason, it really bothered my dad whenever we had holes in our socks. Yeah. So he'd like he'd be like, "Come here." He'd be like, "No," and he'd like grab the socks off your feet and he'd just take the them. hole and he'd rip it. By the way, I just I really want to do that now. I just have one hole in my sock. So it's not like you have two big holes in that one sock. Is it two big ones? You gotta let them go. Why don't you fabletics yourself some some new socks? Dude, I saw I, your your I monthly know. pair of new shorts sitting by the bar. Dude, I I'm done with them. Yeah, yeah. If you want those pairs, you can have them. So monthly subscriptions on the hot seat? No, I'm canceling my thing. You still getting the toothbrush and the toothpaste monthly? Uh, so that was never monthly. It was like every three months, I think they send me oh, okay. a toothbrush. That's a little more reasonable. Yeah. So and it's like twenty five bucks, which like. You get a new toothbrush, brush, like the brush, battery, and a 
pace. Like I haven't sure. been in your apartment in a while. That plant's going wild. I know. You got to you got to cool that thing Carly, back somehow. Carly said the same thing. She get she came in here because uh, we usually hang out at her house, and she came in. She's like, "Holy shit! Yeah, this one's wild. That thing is taking over." Yeah. What happened was, um, I got this uh, plant food, which I realized existed. Oh. I thought plants just liked water, and then yeah. Carly was like, "No, there's like actual like plant food that you can give them," and uh, I guess somewhere was miscommunicated where she said uh do it once a month and i did it once a week i can't figure out how much to water my plants i'm doing it like every four or five days and like i don't know if yeah. it's too much too little so i just water um usually i water i'm this is bad for the podcast but these two this is good dude this is what people i water these thing. two once a week and i water those two twice a week yeah usually and usually i just test them and like if they're dry i water them but what uh what is the test you can like like just see if it's dirty. I mean, you, you know, stick your finger in and like yeah just see if it's a little damp so if it's still damp yeah it's fine if it's still moist yeah moist we um, hate that word but these ones because like even if they're dry it's fine like they're pretty like low maintenance so i just wait till sunday i just do these sunday like i do i do all four of them this is terrible for the pot this is so good i do dude. all four of this them. this could on, just be the plant this, I is, know. this is paradise plant pot i do all four of them on sunday and then the, these two i'll just like do the second watering whenever I can feel that they're dry. Yeah, these two. This is also good for an audio only. I know. Uh, That's what I was medium. Yeah. It's good radio. Um, but yeah, no, this one's wild, and I think it's because I was giving it plant food every week instead of recommended <laughs> every month. It's like a goldfish. You're gonna kill it. No, but no, it's I. I need to. I need to repot it for one. Um. So Carly was supposed to help me with that like two months ago, and she hasn't. And uh, her fault. True. Yeah, it's. I'm wild. trying to remember the last time we recorded here. I don't know. We've been doing it at your house for a while. Yeah, we've been doing a couple recently in my house. Anyways. Okay, back on. What was the yeah, question? Sorry. What was the question? Oh, what did we do We're talking pre-game? About, yeah, the Orlando game. So, technically, last season, Nashville SC hosted a playoff game. Yeah. But it was like the play-in game. Yeah, it was the Inter-Miami This game. one felt a bit more like legit, Yeah, right? this one felt like you a tell playoffs. Me. So no, it there, did. But I mean, it you felt... Weren't, you weren't there, so you wouldn't know. But, uh, yeah. It, no, I, I think this one. This and, the, one, and the last season there was the weird, the yeah, weird COVID, COVID too. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, this was full stadium, like a proper playoff I mean, home game. Um, felt like a full stadium. It's kind of weird though because um, when you're in the stadium and you're like, to me, like uh, there it feels like you're quiet, and then you like rewatch the highlights. Or like I, I was we were messaging in the group in our DMs, and I was asking Ben like. Is it loud? Because like I feel like I can I can hear Philly fans, but I can't hear us. It sounded or, or not sounded Orlando good. City fans. And he goes, no, you guys are like super It sounded loud. and looked really good. They yeah. had like the corners sort of shut off to like yeah. like get people in closer to each other. And I yeah. think it actually it's, it's, really helped with the atmosphere. Yeah, it's weird because when you're in there like in the middle of the supporters group or just in the fans, like it seems quiet. But yeah, when you listen on the stadium, it sounds sick. I mean, I'm like, that's like one of the most things I'm excited about the new stadium. Yeah, it bodes so well like, for the next stadium too. Yeah. If it's already good. Which, like, Yeah, which I, we can probably get into later. But um, we, we the only thing that sucks is just the... Uh, away games to start like i hope we do well and yeah i know we definitely will get into next year's schedule it's exciting that it's out now but a pregame somewhere i don't remember where (laughs) i was trying to remember while we were talking where i pregamed and i couldn't still couldn't remember um but yeah we went stadium drank watched the game it was sick yeah um yeah a nice little reward for the fans like a like a legit home playoff game like yeah. the, you know and the, the you know that it's that's a nice thing to reward like a good season which we had a good season with where we finished in the table and it's something for the fans too and it obviously benefits you to be at home and you know what i didn't think about until just now is it's nice that like even through the playoffs then we 
remained undefeated at home. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. just undefeated at home during the regular season. Yep. Lineup notes in this game. Jack Browns. Okay. <laughs> You're going to Jack Browns. So you got a little pregame meal. That's Jack Browns pregame. That's good stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, in this game, which would also be the case in the next one, we heard some encouraging news about Dave Romney going into it. Yeah, that was like weird because for like two weeks in a row, we were like, nothing's mm-hmm. wrong with Dave Romney. This is, well, it was the, what was it? It was the game before the New York Red Bulls. They were like, if this was playoff, Dave could have played. We Gary wanted, was saying stuff like yeah, that. He was, he was like, being a, a real tease about it. He was like, uh, we just held him out because, uh, yeah, if this was a, if this was a playoff game, Dave would have played. And they didn't play any And then the, ne- the next game, New York Red Bulls, it was like, uh, we're just precautionary. And then he was like, fine, all week. And then all of a sudden, like, not playing again. Yeah. It was so, like the worst time to have Dave Romney missing. Yeah. So in comes Eric Miller and where we had left off in, you know, our relationship with Eric Miller, seeing him now starting in a playoff game and no Dave Romney, I was I was very concerned to see this. Yeah. But the concern was lessened significantly when you could see that, that Alistair Johnson was going to play as the third center back and Miller was going to play out at right wing back. And it still doesn't make sense to me though, because there's still better the thing is, like, whatever position he plays, whether it's wingback or center back, there's better players in those positions. Here's the thing: there's just no one that's versatile. Uh, here's, can do both. I thought Miller did really well in both of these playoff games at that right wingback position. Fine, whatever. It's just, and we had been harsh on him like really recently. Maybe the last regular season podcast we recorded, I can't remember, but we were harsh on him coming on the back of some tough outings at uh, center back. But honestly, he kind of does offer some things in like a right wing back spot. He's never really been terrible there. And I thought like did himself proud in the playoffs, honestly. Um, yeah, it was fine. It's whatever. I just bothered. Like I just, it's more of like, and I'm just probably taking it out on Eric Miller and we'll probably get into this more. It's just uh players have been benched for a lot less than what Eric Miller has done. Yeah. I just uh, think from Gary Smith, you know? Yeah. I was nervous thinking that he would be, uh, that Johnson yeah. would be at right wing back. And Miller would be at center back. So seeing them flip for the like as the game was kicking yeah. off, I was like, okay, this no, is that's a fine. lot less concerning. And in fact, yeah. I thought Miller played well. Yeah. Um, what I was trying to say is, I don't like. I don't think Eric Miller's a terrible person. It's just I I get annoyed the fact that there are other players that have been benched for less. Mm-hmm. So I'm like seeing this player that like is fine. Like his last two games, he was fine. He's at very much back. trusted. Trusted to come in um, and start. But like a I'm just like, there's other players that have done. They don't get the trust. Yeah, and get the trust, yeah. and it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I know. Because it seems to be. Because the trust seems to be on the field because they get benched when they make a mistake on the field. Mm-hmm. It's not like they get benched off, like they just never play. Like mm-hmm. they get on the field, they make a mistake, and then they get pulled and yeah. they never see the field again. Mm-hmm. And that's where the issue It's like Eric Miller's definitely seen bad moments from now. Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, I know. But um, midfield was, was Leal and Godoy, either side of McCarty. Um, I thought Godoy got a ton of running in, and the running, I suppose, became necessary from pretty early on because we conceded early mm-hmm. from a set piece to Daryl DK 14th minute. Uh, he gets up at the near post. It's actually a great goal. I thought, yeah. um, from a great player, we were watching the highlights back from these two playoff games before we started recording. And, uh, I think, I think DK remains a big time player and I think he'll be important for the U S at some point, not to get too much into us talk right now. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I said that it's, uh, DK, he always, he always performs. DK annoys me when he's in purple, but then like, I just, I love him when he plays for the U S men's national team. He's a real nuisance to play against. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what it's very much like, uh, at club level playing against your club. is yeah. just like, 
yeah, he, he's frustrating. Not from not the way that like Toddy Castellanos that was, is yeah, like that was like that, first, but he's like, just like he's frustrating in a different way. But it's the same concept where like annoying yeah. and like same, difficult. The same concept of where like if he's on your team, you absolutely love him. But if he's not on your team, you probably hate him. Yeah, and I think DK and Castellanos in different ways, but the same viewpoint. Because like I, I would love Castellanos on Nashville, but yeah. I hate him in New York. Yeah. Um, I thought Nashville's response to the goal was like very apparent. Like immediately, it became like very. There was a real sense of urgency. Yeah, I almost thought it was too much of a reaction. Like we started to see some really advanced pressing, especially from Godoy, who was kind of leading the press. And then when Orlando got through it, it looked like they could score another. And the thought crossed my mind, or like like a like a tweet popped into my head. And it was, you know, the idea of like Nashville's only home loss comes at worst possible moment, you know, yeah. because we hadn't lost at home. And I was just like, oh, wow. The one time when we can't like in a, in a, yeah. a single elimination playoff game that th- they crossed my mind. It was like, God, what, a, what a shame that would be. And yeah. so what was there like, a? could you feel there was some worry in the stadium or like I was we'd worried. seen so many previous fight backs that people. I was, I was worried because despite like how above average our offense was this year. I still always have like in the back of my head like once we go down one like fuck are we gonna be able to score yeah like no matter what even though like I mean Hot Mugtar has been ridiculous this year I still like I still have like almost PTSD from last year year one like, yeah like I'm like oh fuck like there were times down, it was like we will not be able to score one goal yeah yeah um so that part worried me but then also like I also feel like we had bad juju from uh the Orlando game previously where it was a draw when Orlando mm-hmm. probably should have won. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck, like tough opponent for us. I was like, this is a I was like, they have some like bolt a little bit of bolt and board material. Like they came in, they got robbed of two points. Yep. Um, I was like, this is setting up for like Nashville to just get waxed at home against Orlando because they got a little bit of agenda. But uh I think it was pretty quick right after they scored. I think Hani scored pretty quickly. It was pretty quick after that, yeah. So it was like seven minutes. Little yeah. After that I was that helps. I was pretty <laughs> comfortable to be honest. I feel like after that I never really felt like Orlando was back in it until probably when we went up a goal and then Orlando turned on the heat a little bit and that's when I was like a little bit worried. But um from the between the two Mukhtar goals, I never really felt like I was that worried about the game. Yeah. So the Hani goal he takes a pop from way outside the box. Actually, some of the pressing we were talking about, Godoy wins the ball sort of wow. high. I think his kind of his tackle or his step gets the ball straight to Hani. Takes a long shot, a big, huge looping deflection, goes over Galese's head. And yeah, it's game on. And and I think Nashville continued forcing the issue. Could have had another, but halftime it's one one. And then yeah, second half we had to wait quite a while for a second goal to kind of put it away. Didn't happen until the 74th minute, but it was a beautiful goal. And yeah. it was Sapong and Mukhtar, which was really a two-man attacking formula for a lot of the season. They dovetail together so well. Like, this goal is, like, a perfect example of that. Sapong is the perfect foil to Hani. He holds it up, gets it to Mukhtar on the Titans 30 yard line I have in my notes like the 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 leftover yard lines from yeah. the from the Titans game previous to this were really really imp- apparent and a little embarrassing I'm, I won't miss that I, I, well I think they had the game it was like a rainy game and I think it was like it was two days before yeah so like you can't really blame them for that. this is our last year doing it so whatever like, yeah we managed it and we yeah. won our you know yeah. we won the game but um yeah so Sapong kind of holds it up gets it to Hani 
Sapong then makes a great run himself into the box and kind of drags the center back away and creates space. But then Hani Mukhtar does the rest. Couple step overs, which he's just he's when you see him starting with the step overs, it's like he could, you know, that he could pull up yeah. and just score here. So he, he gets in on his left and kind of he psychs the keeper out, like he kind of takes it back into his near post. So just a phenomenal finish, which we know he's just a lethal finisher and it was a worthy game winner and I guess it's just nice to have one kind of last moment of brilliance at Nissan from a player that we saw put up like an MVP caliber yeah, season I mean, I there. And two was, two good years there really. Especially was, this one. That was one. a MVP caliber goal. And I think MVP like I think I'll you know, when I go back to Nissan for other things, like I'll remember what Hani Mukhtar did there. Yeah. Probably more than a lot of like Titans players. <laughs> yeah, probably. But um I don't yeah. know when I'll go back to Nissan now. <laughs> like that's what I think. Like I think I've only been to Nissan for t- uh, national, national games, games. Yeah. the last like six years. Yeah. Um, Orlando gave it a go after that. We had to defend a lot. Had to defend bravely to see it out. But then everybody got a little uh, got a little Christmas present right at the end of, of second half stoppage time. A fun way to uh, to see out Nashville SC's time. At Nissan yeah. Stadium, John Dercotti's down the left, just rolls the shit out of his defender, then rolls the ball into the far corner. Just a little icing on the cake. And it will go down as John Dercotti's last significant contribution to this club, which I think is kind of fitting. Yeah. You know? I'm glad. That's what he got. He remains uh he remains an enigma, you know. He yeah. uh he I could uh he could wow you, he could frustrate you, and um it's just kind of funny. It's just like, it's a it's a funny way to leave off. Like, yeah, I, I'm sort of I'm glad the, the I'm I'll be glad to see the end of this Cotty's experiment. He seemed like a nice guy, yeah. had a couple good moments, and this is just kind of a funny way for it to end. Like, it'll continue to be very. He'll continue to to divide opinion, I guess. Yeah. You know, um, it's just I don't know, and and a lot of people. I mean, this you know, it was nice to get that goal, but we had already won the game realistically. But like. You know, I'm, I'm. I think both both sides. That was a can, cool moment. Like being it was a in nice the, moment. Yeah, being, yeah. In the, being in the stadium, that was a cool moment. Like even though like we were up, it wasn't guaranteed that we'd win. Like there's still, I mean, I guess this was stoppage time, so I guess it was pretty much over. But uh, it felt like a dagger. Yes. Um and uh, a release because yeah. you don't have to worry anymore. Yeah. Like our bunch of our butts were still clenched, and this was like, all right, now it's over. And it was cool that it was him. Uh, I've been. I mean, you know, I've been a fan of his um i like him true for what he's worth i mean yeah I, I i don't i recognize that he has his issues but i thought he got a lot of unnecessary hate so I'm glad this was his like send off send off to nashville like last time in nashville he got a goal last minute yeah all's well that ends kind yeah. of well yeah i guess <laughs> um final thoughts on this game i mean it was cool yeah uh, it felt like a playoff like an actual playoff game and like some, uh, my biggest takeaway is like now I'm just excited to get in the new stadium. Like, yeah. Uh, like it. Uh, we'll probably not. I mean, I th- this we probably won't average the whatever this was like twenty six thousand people or whatever. Like it'll probably be less than that, but I feel like uh, it'll look better because twenty six thousand in like a seventy thousand seventy thousand person stadium just looks bad. Mm-hmm. Um. So. It, even if it's like twenty two thousand in like a thirty person thousand stadium, uh, it's gonna look good. The 
roof's supposed to keep the sound in, like it's supposed to be loud. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah, to carry over what we've already built yeah. into somewhere that is built for us. Yeah. Um, I think it's worth spending a little bit of time celebrating this game. It was our last win of the season. It was our last match at Nissan, which we turned into a fortress. And there were some good performances in this game. Like, we know how great Hani Mukhtar is already. You know, the looping one it was a result of him kind of driving us forward, which we'd seen him do at times when we had gone down this season. He'd kind of drag everybody with him. Um, and then the, his second goal was amazing. But I thought Sapong and Godoy were inspiring. Godoy was winning fouls everywhere. Um, he created the equalizing goal with his pressing. And then Sapong's hold-up play, I talked about it when we were going back through the second goal, but it's a thing of beauty. Like he's strong, but he only uses his body as much as he needs to, like just for a second. And then it's, it's trickery and like know-how. And he gives like a, he gives that little head fake and then he gets a ton of separation. Like he kind of head fakes one way and kind of like gets away in a different way. Like it's not really hold up play, like him using his body. It's just like, it's, um, it's, it's lovely to watch. And like, I love it when you can start to associate a particular move or like skill or trait with a specific player. Yeah, I remember like Ishjom had a specific move. Uh huh. Yeah, it was like step over and, and then cut just outside. Literally just run yeah. as fast. And like we were talking about, yeah. like Hani, you start to associate with the step, step overs, over. like yeah. when he kind of gets you know rolling when we get towards the box. But like that that type of like hold up play. I don't know if I'm describing it well, but I think people know it if they've watched I think I know him all about. year. That is always going to make me think of CJ Sapong, and yeah. that's a nice thing. I also thought this game was a nice encapsulation of a lot of our best games this season. We conceded early at home. Yeah, <laughs> We conceded from a set piece. Uh, Daryl DK scoring on Nashville is kind of becoming a tradition. Yeah. So, you know, now that we, you know, once we win the game, you can kind of smile at it and say, like, you know, uh, Daryl got another one on us, but, you know. So if this one encapsulated the best games, does Philly encapsulate the worst? Probably, the worst yeah. Um, but, yeah, just to see this one out, like, uh, Hani Mukhtar inspiring a fight back. A late contribution from a kind of left field player in Cadiz. Like, yeah. we'd see that at other times this season, like, especially at home. We saw some unexpected heroics there from... Abu Danladi at one point, Luke Hawkinson, which I definitely want to talk about later. You could even say Daniel Rios. Um, so it was a it was a it was a fitting and kind of beautiful moment. Yep. The next game, not so much. Eastern Conference semis: Philadelphia Union one, Nashville SC one. Union advance on penalty kicks. Again, no Dave Romney, so we get the same eleven that took down Orlando. Even though we were told. He was fine. And once again, we're told, yeah, he's good to go, and we didn't see him. Um, Gary Lyon, shocker. What was your viewing experience for this one? I think I, I, was I, think I sat at home. And sat at home. Because I don't think that's we did. the death knell. That's when we uh, when we quit watching together in season one and just watched from home. That's when yeah. uh, Nashville finally went out. Because this was the Columbus. Was this the weekend after Thanksgiving? It's like the twenty eighth or whatever, 29th? Yes. Yeah, so I think I was. I don't, I don't think anyone was in town, so I think I watched it by myself. Yeah, well, Seth and I were not, so that gets into where I watched the game. Oh yeah, you guys were in. We're driving back from West Virginia, snowshoe. Yeah. We went snowboarding. Uh, we were with Seth's wife Mal, producer Mal, and our buddy Sydney. Um, so we were. We had this one up um, using like the phone as a mobile hotspot. Seth jumped in the back seat, um, and we. Uh, or no, he was watching from up. I don't know. We were watching in the, in the truck coming down the mountain, basically. 
Um, another brutal color commentator in Alejandro Moreno. Just terrible yeah, to listen to terrible. call a game. I say another because I didn't mention, but watching the first game from home, which was kind of a nice experience too. Like I got to wake my mom up screaming after the the first honey goal and, uh, you know, watching with my dad, I'm hoping that he starts to get into the club a bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, Kobe Jones and someone else were the commentators in that one. And, and th- th- that commentary yeah, was, was terrible. And then I think Moreno, I muted the game at some point. Cause Moreno's it so terrible. It's, it's worth muting. Yeah. yeah. That would have been a good one for us to do freaking watch, watch along thing, with. Yeah. yeah. Cause we can't be worse than, <laughs> than no. Moreno. Um, but yeah, Eric Miller, Starts again, 38th minute. He goes pretty much full. David Beckham puts it right on Hani Mukhtar's forehead with kind of a genius cross from deep. Yeah, it was fun. It was good. It was a good cross. Yeah. Uh, we were in the truck driving back watching it. it was, Seth was just complaining that uh, he, he didn't like Miller in the wing back spot because he, he didn't figure he probably had any crossing on him. And then like almost immediately after that. That's like, usually how doop. it works. Yeah. On a dime. Uh, Miller will do like five things terrible. Yeah. And then you critique him, and then all of a sudden he'll just do it. Like and then conversely, like, you start to praise him. Like, if we had another game after, you know, yeah. these two where he played well, like, we would start to praise him. Like, and we would probably do it terrible. on the podcast, and then he'd have a, you yeah. know, a stinker. But, um, yeah, so after that goal, you know, it came late enough in the first half. I'm thinking at that point, we're going to fucking steal this one in Philly. I was I was honestly really confident. I was like, they're yep. not going to score. I was like, we go up one goal, they're not going to score. Yes. Um, boy, were we wrong. Our Achilles heel all year, set piece defending, killed yeah. us one last time. This was really like everything bad, and everything annoying that Nashville has done this year, like everything <laughs> they've annoyed me with, like this was like summed up in one game. Like everything happened. Yeah. Like playing for a draw, <laughs> even though you can't even draw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, set pieces. Yeah. Basically the last kick of the half, Philly scored from a corner. Yeah. And it felt like such a dagger. Like, I was still groaning about that, like, 30 minutes into the second half. Like, it truly felt like a gut punch. I still felt fine after that, like, because I felt, it's hard, it's been a while, so it's hard for me to remember, but I still feel like I was like, Nashville can still score, (sighs) but then we did the thing where we, like, sit back and play in a shell, and, like, it literally, I feel like, Gary was playing for PKs like fit, like at the 50th minute. Second half was of, of the match was really all yeah. Philadelphia. And that yeah. Sergio Santos for them could have won it for him about eight times. Yeah. Um, That's true. Started looking to the bench at a certain point, and I remember feeling pretty uninspired by, you know, the names there. It didn't really feel like there was a game changer there. Yeah. Well, that's the one thing where um you, when you don't start to, like, rotate, Mm-hmm. Very well, which again, another issue that we had with Gary towards the end of the year where we're like, Loba's not going to have them like minutes. Like, didn't we rotate can't, at we all. Didn't yep. really get him the time to like get in and yep. like let him go through his ruts and then like come out. Yeah. Uh, same with Cadiz. Like, you didn't really, even though he was really, really bad early he, on. He like, was on for, you know, less than 10 minutes. Yeah. I think. Rios not, wasn't yeah. available. Like, you just, there was like no rotation in the forward spot that like, hey, you look at it, you're like, well, shit! Like it did, yeah. yeah. You couldn't look. You couldn't look to the bench for a player that was just like, well, he could make a difference yeah. if we could get him on. And I feel like, you know, when you you have to win, like you you have to have like a game changer off the bench to win multiple games in the playoffs. I feel like I that's. Like I think a, that is a factor in great teams versus good ones. I wouldn't necessarily I like a game changer as much as like just someone that like. 
you th- like I I Give just some zero confidence that Lobo was going to score. Zero confidence that Cadiz was going to score. I don't even think Lobo did Lobo even sub on. No. Yeah. You're seven million striker. You don't even sub on when you need a goal. Uh and then mm-hmm. yeah, Cadiz like yeah he scored the previous game, but like yeah, I mean that's just been Cadiz this whole year this year. Like there was no confidence that like if we subbed anyone off out of the starting 11 right. that we're going to score. Yeah, I agree. So extra time started. Cotty's replaced the pong up top. He so, had some actually really good moments. I remember it wasn't in the highlights that we just watched. I'm not going to remember what it was, but I remember there being like one opportunity. He either had a really good cross that someone missed or he had a really good chance that almost missed. Yeah. And it reminded me of Cotty's like against Toronto last yeah. year and like just playing well into the playoffs last year. Like, I wondered if, like, okay, maybe he starts to become, like, a playoff specialist type guy. Um, of course, it, it didn't happen. Second half of extra time, Brian Anunga comes on for Randall Leal, which probably had to happen. I think Leal might have had a yellow, but, like, you don't love to see that going into penalties. And you wish a different midfielder were available there. Like, it's not yeah. just the forwards. It's, like, there wasn't really any inspiring options to to, nope. to try to chase the game in, uh, and do anything other than really kind of defend you know, from the bench in midfield positions either. Well, I feel like, you know, I feel like Legrass is a, would be a good PK taker. Probably. I don't know why, but I just, like, looking at him, I'm just like, that guy can probably do a PK. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. Going into penalties. And we want to talk about this. I'm ashamed to admit I had hope. I had no hope. So, going into the game, I did think, like, if it goes to penalties, I think big-time advantage, Philadelphia. I think you had mentioned on pod, like, Andre Blake, could be a difference yeah. maker if it got to penalties and, and that turned out to be correct. Um, but I had hope because Philly had subbed off some of the more experienced players. Like Shabilko came off. They brought on some kids. So I was kind of hoping like they'd pull an England like from Euro this year in that regard. Like the kids yeah. come on and kind of fuck it up. But um, the penalties were, and we just watched the highlights back from this one before we started recording. Um, they they spare us in yeah. the in the MLS That's official to stop Luckily, they just didn't show any of them. Um, but they'll be burned into my memory forever. So uh. this is funny too. Driving back, we get back to um, um, Mal's parents' house, yeah. which is outside of Knoxville. Right as like the the uh, the, the PKs are going to start, so we run it like because we'd been watching it on the iPad, driving the whole time. So then we run in, we get into the basement, kind of watching it there, and uh, the the penalties. Um, Let's just go through them each. So Hani Mukhtar steps up to well, take the I'll, first I'll, one. I'll say I I turned the game off at this point because I knew we were. This is crazy. Win. So yeah. you said this. This is a more of like I a, didn't think that you actually meant this when you first said no, it. No, I did. And it, I'll, I'll, part of it's just anxiety. Like I just like that, that's an extreme level of anxiety to not even see out the conclusion of the, of the match. Uh, I do it sometimes. I, it's slash anxiety and slash like superstition. I've never known any. I guess. Um, you, it's it, that's that's wild to so I, like I, you truly you couldn't watch a lot, a lot of it's superstition though I'll say that because I do it for the dolphins when dolphins start like sucking I'll turn the game off and they'll start to play well <laughs> uh, and I do it for the Red Wings as well in penalties sometimes. though like you go through this I know, whole it's a moment forty I, games I still or whatever of the it, season get to that I still point. followed it on my phone yeah okay like, so I was gonna like, ask like then what do you do like that, you start you start following on your phone yeah but it's a, it's a wild um, move I knew immediately because I was like. I, I was like, our literally our number one PK taker, Hani Mukhtar, is not good at PKs. Yeah, because he's I know he's missed. More I looked it. One. I looked it up. Why well, I he's missed two for Nashville and made one. Yeah, um, I looked it up. He's one for four in PKs for Nashville. Damn. Um, so like, 
I was like, when you're number one PK takers, 25%. Yeah. What does that say about literally everyone else that's not taking We've PKs? talked about this before, too, after a penalty miss like yeah. from Hani. He's so like, if you would move the ball back and allow him to kind of dribble up with it, you yeah. would back him 99 times out of 100 to finish because yeah. he's so lethal Like when he's like on the move. And it's not you can't just say that it's like when the ball is moving because he also hits a mean free kick. Like we've seen him score yeah. some beautiful free kicks. So like he can strike a dead ball. Yeah. Hits decent corners. It's weird. I don't know. It's weird. Like uh you think he'd be good, but yeah, he's like twenty five percent on his career in PKs and that's your number one. Like everyone else has to be worse. And yeah. so like that moment and I was like, It's Andre Blake. It's not like it's like a terrible keeper that like we can maybe like sneak some very in. good athletic keeper that yeah. is going to be good against penalties and, yeah. and he's so he stopped Hani's penalty which it wasn't a good penalty it was bad yeah. it was it was it was pretty close I, it wasn't even further than halfway between Blake and and it was low if I remember yeah I think it was low and into Blake's left I think Godoy and Mukhtar both went to Blake's left if I remember correctly side so I I, I did, I've actually haven't I've only seen the Zimmerman one and I saw. The Mukhtar one. Yeah. Mukhtar's um, penalty was bad. Too I didn't close see Godoy's, but I heard Godoy's I heard was a good save. Godoy's was, was okay. It was a good it was just yeah. a good save. Which yeah. Godoy I, mean, I feel like would be a good you, PK I taker. mean, You should be able to beat the keeper from the spot. Yeah. I think statistically something like seventy four percent of PKs get scored. So Yeah, like, missing four in a row is wild. It is wild. I mean it's the only time it's <laughs> yeah. ever happened. So like Yeah. So, you know, it was it it you know, it wasn't like Hani's miss. It was it yeah. was a Good save, but still, you have the opportunity to beat the keeper, and you, and yeah. you should. I probably. heard Mills was pretty bad. Yeah, so then Will comes up and just really just skies it yeah. up into the right, and then Zimmerman comes on and does the exact same thing after that, and it was over. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I think takeaways just from this game, um, the penalties unforgivable to have yeah. four people, um step up and not score from the spot at this level that's that's bad yeah it was it was uh it was bad it was weird because like obviously like it sucks that we didn't make it and i am upset um part of me feels a little bit vindicated because all the things i complained about i was like they showed up like yeah uh not having a good rotation that wasn't even yeah we saw the bad that wasn't even from like lack of players like you have the players you just decided but they weren't not, ready because they had not to rotate yeah. yeah um it was you know not being aggressive playing for a draw or in this case what seemed like you're playing for pks in the 45 minute when you you know you don't even have a good peak like you're going against a better goalkeeper like one of the probably there's only probably two other better keepers in the league and yeah. one of them was that and then you know you don't have good pk takers um yeah and then uh the set pieces like it was just everything that we brought up like all right we got to fix this we got to like these are things gary has to have solutions for and just never did it throughout the year and then it all in one game bit him in the ass yeah so um i my last note as a takeaway and it's a sad note to kind of end the season on but it's a big deal we never saw ak loba in the playoffs no that's wild you have to call that a failure yeah um, he had been at the club for long enough to, um, make an impact, but, um, yeah, we can't never say really, that. Like, he didn't really have the this opportunity isn't, to. This isn't like a kiddies of last year where like 
we signed him in the transfer window and then because of uh covid and restrictions it took him like a month and a half to two months to get in like Loba's here and uh had plenty of time yeah i don't i remember even the first time he signed i think it took him like three games to even get on the field like they just wouldn't even bring him on well, that i can understand but like after having like so many games and opportunities for him to play start here and there but like i don't know man him not yeah. having enough minutes under his legs to like you can't even say that he could come on for you know to take a pk and yeah. come on for the one of the two periods of of extra time at the end of of the playoff game it's 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 totally a failure yeah. and it's something that could have had the season end in, in a different way potentially but didn't have the opportunity to happen so yep a bummer um so that was it i i don't know uh we can get into end of season awards i no, um I, I think uh, i don't know that i have general overarching thoughts that are like concise and are gonna make no, sense think, uh, on the season but it was a good it was better than i thought i think last i think preseason what i said was we would be better but we would our record would be worse and i don't think we'd make it as far in the playoffs and we made it exactly as far as we did last year. We were our record was better, so I was wrong. I mean, we we looked better offensively. Our record was better than last year, and we made it just as far. So, like, I I think that's a success. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was. That's not you know that is it's a yeah. that was a fair prediction that I thought I was feasible that I could see happening, but you know it didn't happen. You would say that we were a quite a bit better team than we were last yeah. year. It's a weird thing where like. Even for my expectations, we exceeded them, but you're still disappointed because um, there's an opportunity there to do more. Yeah, you watch. I mean, yeah, there was just so like a lot of Nashville fans. I think probably myself included thought that we were going to make the finals. Yeah, like I really thought I it thought, was realistic. I mean, we, we and said this maybe even the most likely thing. We said this last year and this last year and this year that like Nashville's built to win in the playoffs. It just sucks because like, and this has been my thing for like the last two years. I feel like is uh we just play Carrie just likes to play conservative and I think it works sometimes and it's great when it works like when it works you're in thrilling games that you're like clenching your butt and then there's like a big sigh of relief at the end that like shit we just like held on to a one nil win yeah. but then when it doesn't work it's fucking frustrating well, we added some some attacking flair this season we like, did but it on the road we were not that uh-huh. Like it was we were it was like Jekyll and Hyde from home in a way. Like on the home we would like barring the Cincinnati game. Yeah. yeah. Which that doesn't count. Sure. And the Miami game was away as well. Um was there one where we kind of blew the up? The Miami game, yeah. The one that we watched at uh Oh yeah. At uh that one bar. We watched the Cincy game there too. Yeah, that was, that was fun. The Ake Lobo goal? No, that, that was the Cincy game. Yeah. Anyways, there, yeah, there was a five one win against Miami. But barring a couple of them, like it was just like we just played so different on the road, and it's frustrating because you go at, you watch them play at home, and you watch them like put their foot on the throats of opponents sometimes, and just like, uh, I mean, yeah. And then you go on the road, and it's just like, all right, we're just gonna go for a, a one nil win or a draw or no nil draw. Just yeah. frustrating. Yeah, and, I, uh, I guess as much as, yeah, we it's a little fitting that we were one point away from hosting. That's another good point. Philly. Yeah. This, After all those draws that yeah. we settled for. You could say, okay, we exceeded expectations and like finished, you know, above expectations in in our final position yeah. in the Eastern Conference on the table. 
but we were also very, very close, like a couple of moments away from like, you know, this not being a game in Philadelphia, like yeah. being a home game, which, which could have made the difference. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I need, I need more time to unpack and like, maybe, maybe I won't understand how I feel about this, this season until like yeah. we're gearing up for the next one. You know? Probably not. I don't know. It's just, uh, it sucks. I feel like we were really, really close. And I feel like we um, could have done more. I, the, my, yeah, the, and I think the feeling the, I took away is like it could have, it could really had a really good chance to be yeah. more. And I think the in a special year, like it was yeah. a special year, but it could have been like special. And like part of me, and it, it's maybe just like bias because I'm a Nashville SC fan. Part of me just feels like we, like we lost. It's not that like Philly beat us or a bunch of these other teams during the regular season beat us. It's that we lost and we like got in our own way on a lot of these games, like. We could have beat a lot of teams, especially on the road, and we just decided not. It was like almost like a just a decision not to win. Hmm. That's what's frustrating hmm. for me. End I'm of biased, season. and I probably also hate Gary, and I'm biased. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, end of season awards. Yes. I think we have a pretty obvious MVP, so yeah. came up with a new category of award. The non-Hani Mukhtar Most Valuable Player on Nashville SC for the 2021 season. Who you got? I'm going to go Dave Romney because uh, just a stud back there, and I feel like maybe just recency bias, but we lost in, like, Red Bulls. Yeah. And he wasn't back there, and that mm-hmm. was like a the Red Bulls game was like – or we drew Red Bulls, but that was like a clear mistake Yeah, from, I think, Eric Miller that game. And then, uh, yeah, I just feel like – it's easy to forget because we ended up missing him like right at the end of the season. Yeah. But for so much of the season, like he was so much like the rock of the team. Yeah. I think that's a good choice. I think he is as important to the defense as Walker Zimmerman. Yeah. Now I also just didn't want a to two time defender of the year in the league with Nashville. Yeah. But I, th- I think it's, I think that's a good choice. Yeah. I also just didn't want to pick another forward because I feel like that's like a easy, like, no, I think Romney's a good yeah. choice. And, you know, we never were quite as comfortable or as fluid. Like maybe that's something that prevents us from like opening it up a bit in Philly. I mean, I guess you could say with some of the other away performances, maybe it was never yeah. really going to open up. But like you know, little like you know, it could having him back there could have made the difference. And I think because of his importance, I think he's a good choice for non honey MVP. You could say that he, he, he you know, could could have made a difference if he was there. Yeah. Not like his absence made it apparent how important he was. Yeah. That's mine. I'm going for CJ Sapong. Yeah. That's also why I was like, he's. So you knew I wanted CJ. Yeah. I kind of became obsessed with CJ Sapong, oh. like at a couple I mean, different he, points of the season. He he had that really good play for the Orlando game. Yep. But he did kind of disappear the last like two, three months of yes, the season. Yes. I know. Yes. I, this is exactly what I had written down okay. under his name. I know he went a bit cold in terms of goals, but so much of. Hani Mukhtar's amazing season would not have been possible without him. We talked about it. He was, he was the perfect compliment to him. And those two on the break together was beautiful to watch, um, throughout the season. Also like his performance versus expectation, like the expectation for him coming in as a free agent, I think was definitely not that he would be this important. Um, finished the season with 12 goals, five assists. And also outside of those numbers, which are very strong, um, a lot of fantastic contribution that didn't hit the score sheet. He's a very intelligent and hardworking forward in defense. You write this speech? I did. Okay. He's uh, a. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you're reading off something. Right now. I am. I'm uh, yeah. Uh, 
he was on well, jeez, now i'm self-conscious but um he was a focal point like in our counterattack, which counterattacking is how we scored goals yeah he was a dynamic kind of spearhead for that he was a threat in the air we saw some really nice mm-hmm. headed goals from him and i think you know in closing he's by far our best out and out striker that we've had for the club since daniel rios at usl level but to see it now at the highest level in this country was uh it's kind of a relief to have someone really hold down that striker spot and you know we 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 didn't have anything like that in year one we had kind of the rotating cast of forwards and like yeah you know to have someone make the spot their own and, and to see someone really thrive as a number nine for nashville felt good yeah, I think he uh, he exceeded. He, I think I probably had the most expect highest expectations for him preseason because I just like I don't know why I just was like he Take seems a like. A, well, I said I always said he seems like a Gary player, like uh I always thought I, my envision preseason. This isn't how it worked out, but my envision was like Cadiz would be our main striker, but Cadiz would be a really really good sub to come on, um, or not or Sapong, vice versa. Sapong would come. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Cadiz would be the main striker, and then. Sapong would come off the bench and be really, really good. Uh, he just came off as like a workhorse, Gary type player, um, and it didn't really work that way. I saw so I had ex- high expectations, but not in the way that they worked out. He had that and then some. Yeah, like he, like you, you, you hoped that and expected that he would have that just via like the club yeah. looking for that profile of player. But like, yeah, he, I, I, I and I, I knew the name, you know, yeah. some caps for the U.S. I think. I think even I knew the name, and I like I didn't yeah, really follow because he'd been around the league for a while, scored yeah. a lot of goals, was like a veteran. Um, but I didn't know. I'd maybe seen him play here and there, and hadn't really thought about him that much. Yeah. But like, I didn't know he had all this to him. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a still, really I, phenomenal all-around striker. He pretty much had has everything you want in a yeah. striker. I, I mean, I hope, and I don't know if we'll get into this or not, but like, I, I. I still feel like he probably sh- can't be your main striker. Like if you want to, maybe it's maybe it's MLS. I don't know. So maybe fine. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, think you could def. I mean, we could have won the whole thing with a Sapong Mukhtar front line. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's true. I don't know. I mean, he's getting older now. I, so. I mean, I forget that we're also. It still is MLS sometimes, and like you can probably get by with like a Sapong as a striker. I think I didn't know. Yeah, never mind. I'll the way that, that he opened up Hani, like if he was leading the line, yeah. maybe on his own, he might not be enough on his own but like in a front two with Hani Mukhtar that is you know if you have enough behind it that's you know we could have won it all with those two up top yeah and um, I hope he can continue to play at this level but you know he's getting older and when players get in the 30s you get nervous because like I worry about it with Godoy too like you know you want when it happens when it goes off the cliff in terms of age it happens so fucking quick and it's just it's ruthless the way that goes hopefully given that He'll have what six, seven months, eight months under his belt. That we're we are playing our seven million dollar DP. Yeah, and that like <laughs> uh, he's our center forward. Maybe. And uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, well, I will say that Lobo have some work to do to take his spot. Which there's yeah. a lot of issues around the Lobo signing, but you know to. You know, if Lobo came in and became the starter and replicated what Sapong did this season, I think you'd say. Loba's first real full season for the club was 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 really good. Yeah, because what Zapong did was, was I, really I, good. Yeah, I still think in my mind like uh, if Loba's our center forward and he's actually doing well, then I, I still think the team's at its best if Zapong's like subbing off. Like I don't think he should be in your starting eleven. I think 
Yeah. You want to have a better striker. And he had 12 goals, which That is may great, but, very well be. Yeah, he did. But, I mean, you look at, like, New England, for instance, and, like, all the contributions they got from their DPs. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, Nashville had, I think it was, it was probably close to, like, 90% of goals or assists scored. But if you can get really good output from a striker and not have to spend a DP spot on them, like, you know, if you could sign, like, a DP. But imagine if you had a DP that performed well, and then you, in addition, also had Sapong that was there. I'll take that like, That's point. the thing is, like, yeah. uh, like, in addition to that, like, it's just – Right now we have Sapong and Mukhtar and nothing else. Like imagine if we had another DP level like Mukhtar in yeah. addition to Sapong. Yeah, and then if if um you know we talked about in the Philly game, looking at the bench and just feeling like you know there's nothing here that's gonna come off the bench and win this game for us. But a CJ Sapong could yeah be I mean, that person. So yeah, if you're 70th minute and CJ Sapong's coming on, like yeah, you'd, you're you'd feeling be, pretty you'd good. Be like we could we could get one back. Oh. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you have a That's goal? A good one. Do you have a goal of the season? I try to think. I, f- I feel like I've fucking lost track. So I think from like I'll go to like just straight off like as far as like talent goal. I think like one of the uh, Liao goals from um in the uh, the Cincinnati game. Like I think that one like right before the half where he yes. kind of like hit on like a half volley. Yeah, and like and we were it. still fighting back. Yeah, like, yeah. That I think as a, like a pure goal yeah. was probably the best like technical goal. But I think the Mukhtar like. Uh, goal in Orlando, like the that moment goal, like the that goal scoring, and then the moment that the the most recent one, yeah, it, from the playoff game. Yeah. Okay, because of when it was and what it meant. Yeah, like With I think being a game that was in the playoffs, the goal that like meant the like meant the most. Yeah, couple like, it was good super important. It was options. like it was an MVP moment for him. Like, uh, it was one one, you know, seventy fourth minute. Like that was a really really good goal and. Uh, but I think the technical, like I think it was a Liao goal that I would say was probably like the coolest looking goal. Yeah, two good points, two good choices. I am now gonna say, since you didn't take a Hani Mukhtar goal, I will say his third goal that sealed his record breaking hat trick against yeah, Chicago, the free kick. Yeah. yeah, just because fucking love a free kick goal, and Hani's given us a couple beautiful ones now. They're also great when uh, bar down. And I think that, if I remember correctly, that was a bar down goal. Yeah, and just everything about it just stacks like up and up on top of yeah. each other to make it like an incredible goal. The fact that it was his third in yeah. a span you, of like thirteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. You you weren't there, but like <laughs> no. I, I still remember being there and be like, he's like, I knew beforehand that he was scoring that goal. Really? Like you could just feel That's like awesome. you could just feel it was just like, dude, yeah. he's about to score this. Like, man, what a special athlete uh, to have been able like to the, the crowd was in it like you just you could feel the confidence in like Connie that game he was like stepping over everything yeah uh yeah I was like oh yeah this is a goal yeah that's so, so cool that was a cool moment yeah that was probably the other one besides Leal that I was like technically speaking is probably like the goal of the year for the Nashville but yeah. I still say like the Hani even playoffs just such a cool moment yeah that's a good choice do you have a favorite moment of the season like we did this last year too it's like I don't know if this makes sense to anyone except for me and maybe you, but like I have a couple that have come to mind that I've written down, but like, so it could be a goal as well, but like mm-hmm. something that stands out, like, you know, like a goal that's not just like a goal in a vacuum, like a moment or like yeah, a game that stands out in your mind. I'll do three. I think, uh, just cause I can't pick. So I'll add the Mukhtar goal in the playoffs. Yeah, again. one we just talked about, um, Hani Mukhtar, record-breaking first half I'll hat trick the, on July seventeenth uh, against Chicago. 
the Hawkinson, yes. two goals. Yep. It was a really, really cool moment. Yes. Um, you were actually there for that one. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I'll say the Cincy comeback was really, really cool. Yeah. Those are, yeah, those might be my three faves. But, yeah, what I've got is definitely the Toronto match at home. And it was unbelievable. It's so, and one something that could have been a goal this season was was Luke Hawkinson's second against Toronto to win it in stoppage time. Actually, that was, I was going to pick that until you left the Hani Mukhtar goal alone. Yeah. I was like, that, I got to, I got to give that some love. Yeah, that was a good one. But, just this whole game was crazy. So, like, I remember we were on the roof at Acme. We were doing that for a little while before we'd walk across this, the the river to the games. Um, and we saw, you know, a, a couple hours before kickoff, uh, Jack Mayer's been recalled from loan because mm-hmm. he was on loan at, like, San what Diego. are they called? San Diego Loyal or something like that. Yeah. And it was like, oh, wow, okay. It's very interesting that he's been recalled from loan. And, like, I was just like, wow, I just, I really didn't expect that. Then we get you know news that he is like going to be straight into the squad we get the starting 11 and bam he's straight into the starting 11 we had no idea that he was even going to be recalled from loan at this point you know two hours prior and then now he's he's in the starting 11 then he scores a goal in the game when he's returned from loan and it gets us back in the game and that's what set up the uh Oh, that's right. I forgot Jack Mayer had a goal. In that yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, and that's what set up the, the late heroics from Luke Hawkinson, who um, I think ended up having, you know, after that, I just thought like he's the one like he right. could make he be, he could maybe even like carve himself out like a spot in the starting 11. We were still playing like a four two three one at this point. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I, I, th- I could really see him becoming a star. Well, this was when the season kind of tailed off after that. Yeah. This was when I think at this point in the season, we we're still really desperate to replace Mule. Yeah. And it was like, all right, this is this could be the guy. Like, yep. he's not a liability. Like a will that's going to be more of a goal threat. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh-huh. his finishes were so composed, and especially the second one, like, he just, like, takes – he just makes it seem like he has so much more time than he really did. And, oh, it was like, cold. Like, it was, that it was second cold, goal yeah. was like oh – yeah, it was God. like ice in your veins, dude. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it sucks that just nothing happened after that. Like, that was it for Hawkins season. Yeah. The Hawkins season was was short-lived. Um uh-huh. But I, I, I he's still, still have not a bad. He's still not a bad person to have on the team. Though. Yeah, he can still continue to develop and like. Yeah. You know he's like, and one thing I always notice over the course of the season is, um, we'd be up a bit from the players, um, warming up. They'd kind of mm-hmm. come over and warm up in front of this, like the the like the supporter section side that we would sit, um, close to and and Hawkinson was always like he's like a gamer like he was in the game always like he'd be fucking like banging the sideboards like if a decision didn't go our way and you could tell like you know he he was he's meant he had the right mental like application and like I, I could still see him you know starting to be like a more regular contributor for the club and I'm, I'm, I'm still happy he's here and he gave us that moment against Toronto which was a fucking unbelievable like that was one of my favorite yeah things that has happened that i've seen at a live sporting event like i'll always remember it that that was my favorite that was, that was my favorite game from this season that was yeah my favorite that was a really cool moment um we could get into the opponents a little bit do you have a most hated opponent we started to develop a little bit of of rivalry against some of our it's close i think um top half of the east uh like your top rivals. two are probably orlando and new york city fc i think probably yeah. I, I lean towards orlando not necessarily because because of the team as much as like their fan boy fan base is just so fucking annoying mm-hmm. like crying after they didn't get the win yeah. in nashville that one game 
uh, they scored the winner that got away, ruled yeah, yeah. to be to have a foul. And but it was like up, yeah. the audacity to like after you got gifted two goals in Nashville earlier in the season to get a draw to then complain that you got a goal taken away to also get a draw like like no like we we yeah it's just they were their fan base is fucking annoying like they're i for like a week straight i just kept getting orlando city tweets on my timeline and it annoyed me yeah i saw a lot of that too yeah there was also a real sense of of vitriol in the new york city fc games though like i think that that was a more that was that had more going on on the field yeah i think that was on the field and it, it, it felt more like um like i said earlier like a lot of it came from Tati, but like um, Tati, I think is just you have to respect. Like, I think I, I respect him a little bit because yeah, uh, I think if he again, he's one of those players that like he's very good. He's good, but also like if he's on your team, he's you love shit. you love that. At, like, I've never really had a player like that. Like I always I take like that's a common thing we yeah. say in sports, and like I I could definitely accept it. I mean, I would be happy. if he I was think on it's Nashville, more of like a uh, like a hockey thing. Cause you get a lot of those like fourth line or hockey players that like yeah their only role is just to like piss off the the other team. Cassianos is a lot like Diego Costa as well. Yeah, that's fair. Big time. Yeah, that's fair. Very like I think a lot of similarities there. Um, yeah, that is like a shitster. They just like yeah. they're I mean they're kind of dirty. They are dirt like openly like yeah. dirty and like. But I think of like hockey. I think of like Brad Marchand who like will like sneak a like a stick in the groin or like. I mean, he's literally gotten suspended for like <laughs> licking someone's face. Uh, like he just does like little antics that like it's just fucking annoying, but it doesn't like cross the line of like being dirty. Uh, and I think Tati's a little bit like that. I think Tati did. There was like the play that he had on Joe Willis was a little dirty. So like I, I think he did cross the line a little bit. But yeah, anyways, overall point is like I, I, my annoyance with them is more of like a respect towards with the that team than anything. Yeah. Like Orlando, I just find annoying. Yeah. Um, what do you think about New York going on to win the whole thing? I guess we. I, I didn't have a plan for us to shit. talk about the rest of the playoffs. Like I, I kind of tuned in. It was yeah. it was hard for me to watch the Eastern Conference Final, um, New York and Philly, just because I really felt like Nashville could have and should have been there. Um, but would, I did watch it. Would have been home game too. That was when Philly was very depleted, like yeah. with having a lot of people that they couldn't play. And New York was depleted. They didn't have Tati that game. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, honestly, credit to New York, like, they were a pretty lethal collection of attacking players that, like, yeah. you know, they would put together some attacks that was just like, you know, you knew they were going to bring it all together for a goal at some point. Yeah. Um, watching them, not just against, like, Nashville, but, like, you know, through, throughout the playoffs, like, they had a great run, yeah. and, like, I think I think they were probably a deserving champion. I don't know if they're the most fun team to have won at it's all. A little, it's a little, though... So what could have been though? Like that would have been a home game. The Phil, the if we beat Philly mm-hmm. and played New York City FC, that would have been a home game for us. And then you go to play Portland, and Portland just did not look good that game. Yeah, it was kind of a week. So it's like the playoffs were sort of weak. Like a lot of the, yeah, yeah you had Seattle go on the first round. Mm-hmm. You had, I mean, I think both number one seats went on the first round, or like their first game, not the first round. But Revolution, first like the darlings of the regular season supporter shield winners. Yeah, Revolution and Colorado both went out in the first game that they played. It was yeah. the second round. And then Seattle went in the first round against a team that didn't even get a shot on Kansas goal. City gets knocked out. Like yeah. the other, you could say, team that, that looked poised to win it all. Yes, yeah, so it was kind of a little bit of a little bit of an anticlimactic MLS yeah. Cup final, I thought. I, know, I still don't have like enough. Um, like I just don't. 
like obviously like I'm a big Nashville fan, but I just don't have like the history with MLS to care. Yeah. Like I don't hate Portland. I don't hate like there's no history. Haven't developed an opinion or yeah. yeah. That just comes with time. Naturally. Like right now I only have an opinion on like Orlando and like yeah. kind of New York City, but I don't even I don't even really hate New York City FC that much. Yeah. Um yeah, I just it's it was yeah, it's weird because like I'm just like I'm indifferent on like who wins. I just don't care. Yeah. No, I, I get so. that. Like I am definitely following this league from the perspective of like a Nashville fan, yeah. first and foremost. Even though I always kind of kept up with things just with it being, you know, the league yeah. in this country and loving the game. Like but, you know, am, am I ever gonna be like a super dedicated like both conferences MLS watcher? It's not even necessarily that. I'll like, probably continue to experience other teams. Yeah via nashville it's not even that it's just we've only played two games and like half the half the games were like against like five opponents rotating so Mm -hmm. it was like we just don't have so like like nfl like i like i've been tortured with patriots for 20 years that like seeing them win is just miserable for me yeah or like there's certain other teams like buffalo or like there's just teams that like you you have history even if it was like 15 years ago that like you still hold that like grudge like Nashville, we last year we played like five teams, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and then this year we, had we the Southeastern Conference basically, yeah, and then this year we pretty much strictly played in the East, yeah, with like occasional like real Salt Lake, yeah. So like we don't have a history. Like we played one game in Portland last year, and that was it. Uh-huh. Like there's just not a history. Superlatives for the season. Um, most likely to injure himself celebrating in the Mercedes Benz Stadium goes to myself. Did you injure yourself? No, I was just the most likely to do so. I don't know. I was riled up. I love that video someone took of me. The one I did, where I tweeted, <laughs> yeah. and then everyone got mad at me. I really like that. Yeah, that was fun, too. Yeah. There was, like, fucking idiot. A bunch of, uh, yeah, strangers on the internet came to back me up. Yeah. Like, that's fucking football, man. Like, chill out. Um, yeah, that was fun. Um, I, I have another superlative. Most likely to become financially insolvent after the crash of NFTs, Robert Castellanos. True. I don't know or, if you've noticed this on Twitter. Is he into NFTs? Uh, it could be Sapong too. Could be Sapong too. No, is Sapong into the, into I, the I, NFTs so as well? I know he just had his uh, between two pipes yeah. thing, and he, I know he talked about crypto. Like he's into crypto. I didn't watch the second one. I haven't watched it, but I know he talked about his crystals, and I know he talked about uh, crypto. I need to go back So and I'm watch assuming it. he's also into NFTs. Granted, I guess you're not like I. I like crypto, but I don't fuck with NFTs. Yeah, so. Cassiano seems big into it. He seems like he's having a very fun off season. He's sort of hanging with the. Uh, I don't know if they're big wigs in the NFT world, but he's like going to like the. I don't know huh. the NFT mansion. It's 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 funny to see. I hope nice. he's. I haven't followed him. Now. I hope he's also investing some of his salary in other places. He's just but, got a new contract, so okay, some more money to invest or more money to get some more stoned apes and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the NFT thing is, remains funny to me. Yeah, but no, anyways, yeah. least likely designated player to play a single minute in the MLS Cup playoffs, Ake Loba. Claps. Claps. You got anything? You got any superlatives? This is just going to be on me. It's okay. It's, I, I can take uh, us home. No. I got one more. Yep, you go. Most likely to remain in Nashville for 15 years and divide opinion the whole time, Daniel Rios. I think that... I could see him being someone who we know he's kind of got injury problems now. Like he's not always available. Does doesn't it just seem like he'll be someone who comes in and like by some circumstance of like other starters getting hurt or whatever, and he happens to be the one that's healthy at that time, he'll get like a stretch of starts, 
and every it'll always feel like ah, this is kind of going to be where Rios like really starts to like cement himself and like really starts to have the breakthrough and then it, it, it'll yeah. kind of fade after that and I could just see that happening for like another like 10 years from now every Maybe year I, I feel my only my thing with that is I feel like that room got crowded this year um even more so than last year so like uh I mean last year it felt like it got we do keep signing a lot of strikers well, <laughs> well, a lot of competition is, for our, like you you have Loba who hasn't really even come like out of onto the field a lot in addition to the Burnbury to Bunbury Bunbury <laughs> and then even the kid that we signed from uh LA even Zubac yeah Zubac and to me I think Zubac's more of a real I, I know Ben had said like it's probably a Cadiz replacement mm-hmm. but uh I don't know he just comes he feels to me like a Rios replacement well there are my superlatives for the yeah. season um we can get into the quiz you want to take a break or you want to who's most likely to play to for a draw when you can't <laughs> draw let it all out this is your last chance to let it all Gary, out on Gary, wax Gary Smith claps congrats congrats to you you ready to go yeah are you ready for the second annual paradise pod end of season Christmas spectacular quiz gotta yeah. admit Kind of rocked the shit out of it last year. Yeah, and now I have now I'm a little worried because yeah, I don't remember a lot of this season. Well, hopefully these aren't like specifics. Like we're gonna test goals, your memory. Like how many we're gonna goals test your, your neuroplasticity, huh? I said hopefully these aren't like specifics. Like how many goals did Hani Mukhtar score? Because I don't remember that. Now you'll well, all right. We can well, we can get into it. Are yeah. you ready? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Cue up the music. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. And here. We, so you can you buzz in on this one. This first okay. category is just, um, well, I guess you're not competing. I had I had down that you would be competing against someone, so I guess there's no need for you to buzz in. But you'll have four seconds okay. to answer the question, and then I'll buzz you out. So right. um, let me give you four or five seconds on each of these. Um, and folks, keep keep score at home. See if you can defeat the Don. You got to get your answer in um, before him, or maybe no, when I ask the no question, cheating. you can pause, give yourself four seconds, and. Uh, let us know how you do. Let okay. us know if you can uh, defeat the Don. Um, Just ask the first question. I'm getting nervous, man. Here we go. Who was the only Nashville SC player Fuck. to receive a red card this season? Oh, shit. Give it a guess. Do I have four seconds? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't all count as wrong because I didn't get the four <laughs> seconds, but I feel like I actually know this. All right, I'll let you think through it now. But you do not get the point if you get it right. That's fine. Hold on, folks. Congrats if you've already got this one. You got it was the Dax point. McCarty. You won. It was Dax McCarty. Yeah. Now you didn't get it quick enough. That was but, a New York City FC game. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Dax McCarty. Um, question number two: Dax McCarty wore the captain's armband more than any other player for Nashville SC. Who wore it the second most? It's got to be shit. I fucking I'd lean towards like Zimmerman, but I feel like it's not Zimmerman. Need an answer. So I feel like it's gonna be like. Need an answer. Godoy or Lovitz? Uh, fuck it, Zimmerman. It is Walker Zimmerman. Yeah, okay. yeah, it was tricky. I thought it'd be someone else too. Yeah. Um, I think the third was Godoy. Um, the reason I went Zimmerman is I was like, he can't armband for the national team and then not also armband for the club team. Yeah, like I think Joe just, Willis wore it once, yeah. but yeah, after McCarty, it was Walker Zimmerman. Okay. Um, kind of tying the questions together here. Question three. 
where did Walker Zimmerman play his college soccer? I have no fucking idea. Furman University. Oh, is that Georgia? It's in Greenville, South Carolina. Carolina. I just drove past it. I know he's I a Georgia boy. Went and visited my dear buddy Jared. Yeah. Shout to Jared. I don't know if he listens, but um, yeah, Furman, yeah, a like small a... liberal arts college in uh, in South Carolina, an yeah. interesting one. Furman. I know University. he's from the South, so yeah, he's from Georgia. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, question number four, and I, you know what? I need to be keeping track of your points here. So you've got you've got two of of three, right? Yeah, I feel like you can count the decks. Uh, there's a time limit, but fuck that time limit. I still got it right. Um, no, it doesn't. I even, count. You I even way too much time. I even knew the game that he got. We it. laid out the rules early, and I th- want to be fair to people that are competing against you at home right now with the pad and pencil out. So, and, uh, I don't care. Whatever your record says, my record says I got it right, and that's what matters to me. Well, I'm gonna call that a miss. You got Zimmerman right. You got Furman wrong. Question four: Three goals is the most an opponent scored against Nashville this season. It only happened once. Who was the opponent? Who's the only person to score three goals against Nashville this season? Was not not Orlando. Need an answer. Are these all timed? It's been over five seconds. How long are these timed for? I'm just kind of doing a a timer in my head, but it's got to be within a reasonable amount of time. Give me a second. You know what? If you if you've answered this at home, you get you can take the point. If you that's get it before fine. Donald, you can go ahead that's and fine. take it. But I'll I give you a I'm, point if you can on, figure it out. Hold on, that's fine. I don't mind not getting the point. I actually just want to know. I want to get the answer. <laughs> okay. Uh, I respect because I, I know the answer. I just gotta think. You for don't want to just be a good test taker. You want to have no. knowledge. And that's I'm trying it. to go through of not New England, not Philly. I'm proud of I'm proud of this question. I thought it was a good one. It was FC Cincinnati. They did score three. Yep, they scored yeah. three against. They're the only team to score For three. Reason, goals I was trying this. to think of what the score of the New York City FC game was because I remember they scored. They oh, they almost scored like three goals in the first like ten minutes. And yeah. I was like, did they score three goals that game? Yeah, it was the six three game against FC Correct. Cincinnati. Yeah. I know you've got your own scoring, but I've got you as one for four right now. So I wasn't even thinking Cincinnati. Starting to get a little so. worried. No, I mean this is early days still. We got a lot of questions left, but yeah. um, it's fine. Okay, question five. After Joe Willis, which player played the most minutes for Nashville SC this season? I mean, I feel like it's Romney, even though that he is correct. The last is Dave Romney? Three games. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Despite missing games at the end of the season, he was number two after Joe. Question six. Who played the Gibson guitar riff at our season opener against Cincinnati? I have no fucking idea. I actually don't. I don't know any guitar riffs that were played. You're, that's not a fair question because you're that's a musician. That's a good question. No, this because, is a memorable one. Because you're a musician. Was it Dave Mustaine? That's correct. Oh, okay. I'll give it to you. That's the only, only reason I know this because you bring it up every time there's a guitar riff. It's and you're like, riff. it's never as good as Dave Mustaine. <laughs> he was uh, great. That's what but that's not. I'll give it to that's you. That's a got very... It right bias question for you because you're a musician and you actually like it's pay a attention part to it's a it's a tradition yeah. of the club now and it's i thought it was a fair question and folks if Fine. you got it uh shouts out to you the riffs matter um i don't know that because i remember him riffing i know that because you brought it up 20 times question about a new signing what number did teal bunbury wear for the new england revolution oh, no, 13 whatever he wore number 10 10 okay just thought it was memorable that he would uh 
He's where not going to get that here. Such an important number. Uh, you can't have the 10 here. Um, Unless Mukhtar sold. True. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, question something. I lost count. I actually did know that because when we signed him, I was like, oh, you can't wear 10 here. Yeah, it's weird. He's there 10 and uh, was able to be, you know, go so freely. But I think he kind of aged out of being yeah. very important. For oh, he, I looked. I was surprised by this. He's younger than CJ Sabong. Okay. Interesting. Um, speaking of CJ Sapong, name the three other clubs CJ Sapong has played for in MLS. Philly. Correct. Chicago. Correct. One more. Fuck. Was Can his first club. Conference? I think he was the MLS Rookie of the Year or something like that. Can you that. give me conference? I will give you the conference that are in the West. Yeah, I don't think it was in East. But they're not that far West. Kansas City? Correct. Oh, shit. I gave you a lot of hints there, but that'll make up for, you know, some of the, the early ones that I didn't give yeah. you. So good job. I'll give you I'll give you the point there. You guys just get one point if you had all three of, of CJ's other clubs. Question something. I lost count again. After we traded him, how many goals did Don Baji score for Colorado Rapids like, this season? I'm going to say, four. I feel like four. He scored five goals five for the goals. Colorado yeah. Rapids after we traded him, yeah. which was a pretty good ways through the season. Um, kind of incredible, but shouts out Don Baji. I'm happy for him. Last question in this category. Which Nashville SC player received the most yellow cards this season? Mm. Was it Lovitz again? It was not. It was Anibal Godoy. That was my seven. second guess. Do you was... remember this from last year? It was a real moment for you winning that quiz last year. Yeah. Winning, uh, winning against no opponents. But I know. I, th I feel like someone got a skipped a game because of yellow card accumulation and I couldn't remember if it was Lovitz or Godoy. Hey, I don't know if he ever had to sit but he did have the most that we had uh, this season with seven so there you go. I've got you as uh, having four points out of that category so um, not your best what chance, category? Uh, the, the buzz the, the buzz in buzz out uh, category. It was going to be buzz in. I was going to have you seeing who uh, could get it first. Is there you a second category? An opponent but um, yes okay. this one is called back and forth. So for a point each. Actually, this is another. Damn it! So I had. I thought we were gonna have Seth. Yeah, we were gonna. Was, let's yeah. get into. No, I don't want to get into it too much. We were supposed to record this with Seth. I had it all planned to be like a competition between you guys. So yeah, this kind of screws up my questions here. We don't have to get. Um, God, that one, that one doesn't really work. It was gonna be a back and forth. It was gonna be for a point each. Can you make you could, it a you could question? Name them. Okay. Well, I'll just say I'll give you a point for. What's the question? Name the four teams we lost to in the regular season. Yeah, so I can do Red Bulls. Mm -hmm. uh, in the regular season? Yeah. Philly? Yes. Red Bulls. Uh, Toronto? Yep. And Inter-Miami? Those are the four, yes. Yeah. So that's a big comeback for you, actually. I'm going to give you four points there, and that might just save the round for you let's get into um a category which i haven't figured out a name for but you'll kind of pick up on what we're doing as we go um who, we can call it which one maybe so we'll start off and say who is older daniel rios or taylor washington taylor that is correct taylor washington 28? 28 yeah daniel rios 26 older or younger than taylor washington Eric Miller. Younger. 
older. Eric Miller is also 28, but he is older by a number of days. Older or younger than Eric Miller? Dave Romney. Older. He's younger. How old is... He's also 28, but he's younger on days. Dude, okay. I swear to God, I thought I feel like Dave Romney's like 35 years old. He's older, only 28? He's only 28. Older or younger? He's the same age as Zimmerman. Yeah, he's younger than both of us. That's wild. Older or younger than Dave Romney? Matt LaGrasa. Older. He's older. Yes, yeah. correct. Oh, also I, 28 again. I feel like I'm, I'm guessing these, but not because of who I think, but who I think you're asking because I feel like they're trick questions. Okay. That's a part of the, you know, being a good test taker. So that's okay. Um, different kind of train on the, on the same type of, of questions. Who played more minutes for Nashville SC this season? Honey Mukhtar or CJ Spawn? Uh, Honey. Honey played more minutes, played about almost 300 more. That's correct. More or less minutes than Sapong this season. With so Sapong had two thousand two hundred and seven minutes. More or less than than Sapong. Randall Leal. Less. Less. Correct. He Barely inter- less. We had international breaks. That's so. Um. Yes. Randall Leal paid two thousand one hundred fifty one minutes this season. More or less minutes than that. Anibal Gatoy. Less. Less. He had injury Correct. And he played about 50 minutes less. Yeah, he had a month off injury. Yes, 2,109 minutes. Finally, more or less minutes than Anibal Godoy with those 2,109 minutes. Alistair Johnson. More. That is correct. Alistair yeah. Johnson played more minutes. He also was someone that was away on international duty. But he didn't have an like, Godoy had injuries. That's the reason why. Yes. So good job. You brought it back with the... Uh, the last two categories there. I th- I've got as your final score here 13 points. Yeah. So I, I feel think like there's going to be some folks out there that got gotcha, you. I feel like that was harder than last year's quiz. You think so? Yeah. I want to go back and listen to uh, last year's. You still haven't listened to an episode yet, have you? Nope. Maybe you can go back. Maybe there's enough separation where you can go back and listen to last year's. Nope. It was fun. Ben Wright called you the goat before Did we were you, friends. Oh, you didn't do that this year. Huh? You didn't get like uh No, yeah. I didn't. Um, I had to get the dogs a break. Um, okay. That kind of gets us into next season, which we can start to look forward to. And, um, we'll have probably a couple of episodes, maybe during the preseason, like after it looks like we're done making signings and stuff. Um, but a couple things to discuss that we already know about next season. First being moved to the Western conference. Yeah. What do you make of this? Uh, it's only one year, and I'm fine with it. Uh, only because I think it's really cool road trips. Yeah, that we get. Yeah. Um, potentially, like we're not gonna obviously go to everyone. I was really upset when I learned about it, but yeah, knowing that it's just a year. Yeah, it's just a year. So it's only this knowing year. that we'll continue to be in the Eastern Conference like for good after this. Yeah. I can live it's, with it for another year, but I do think it's a little disappointing because we were kind of getting some momentum in terms of rivalries in the Eastern yeah. Conference. And speaking I'm of which, sad that we could lose a bit of that. Speaking of which, yeah, we were starting to get some rivalries with Orlando, New York City FC. Both were like uh, crazy games, mm-hmm. um, fights both games, I think. Um, and then fucking uh, the MLS released their like rivalry schedule. Yeah. And it was like us and Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> 
which I, you know they're just doing it geographically but but that it wasn't even that though because chicago and like uh or charlotte and like uh dc are like super close to each other yeah like it did it didn't make sense geographically either it was just i, I mean what it is it's just like oh here's this the new team and now here's the newest team yeah like it's just that but yeah i mean we have really good rivalries, rivalries with orlando i would say probably more so than inner miami because Inter Miami has been dog shit. Uh-huh. Uh, New York CFC was a good one. I mean, uh, you can always go with Orla- Atlanta. Like, who's Atlanta's rival? Yeah, I mean us. I would say, yeah. our our, our, well, our a rival at this point. Us and if you Orlando. ask the fans, they'd probably be able to pop off one yeah, or like, oh, we just, have tough th- games against Orlando. Which the rest funny that was like, here's a rivalry with like a team that has yet to play a game ever. And mm-hmm. uh, against Nashville, who actually has rivals. Yeah, I mean, as a you know, by nature of being a league that is still growing and having like expansion teams, there's always going to be a little bit of that like yeah. element of things being manufactured. You could level some of that against, you know, things that you know happen with Nashville coming into the league. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess that gets into what I wanted to talk about next, which is the 2022 schedule being out. Mm-hmm. Um. Anything that kind of stood out to you or like kind of fixtures that you got excited to see when you first looked at it? Um, I ha- actually, so I think my biggest thing and, and kind of to play in like, um, I'm really excited to go to the new stadium. Um, but what sucks is that we're uh, um, away from home. We start the season with eight straight away games. Yeah. And Honestly, not the worst thing in the world. It's not, but my biggest worry, I guess, is um, if we have poor outings in those eight games that like the hype is not going to be there the first game. Yeah. So you kind of run the risk of like, if we kind of look like shit in the first eight games and, and, um, Nashville's a little bit of like a fair weather fan city. Like, yeah, the Preds, when they suck, they Bridgestone does not get fill. Yeah. Um, Titans are probably the only one people like team exempt from that, but that's like NFL. Yeah. This season with the, with the first, match being like that home opener against Cincy since he didn't run the risk of there being like a poor run of form going into that yeah. it's also a little bit of a bummer like for people like definitely you and, and me too that would like to see uh, a, a more progressive style of play at times yeah. um you know it may I think it makes it very unlikely that we would see that from the beginning of the season with there being so many away matches like it it doesn't incentivize Gary to like switch it up and do anything different no. like it will it, it kind of encourages him to almost become yeah, like it, more reactive yeah um, it kind of makes sense which too. is a bummer um but it could be worse and it leads to a a really fun sort of final two thirds or, or three quarters of the season That's, and then yeah, that home opener, like, you know what? It's it's still going to be buck. Like, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, that's even the other, if we have a shitty run of form to start the season. Yeah, that's the other side of it is, like, you look at that and it's, like, the last uh, two months, two, three months of the season or more, I think. Like, we're pretty much home the whole time. And, like, uh, that's just going to be cool, especially because a lot of it's during the summer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be a fun summer, fun July. Like I think this year we went at one point like two months without having a home game, and like, we get a bunch of because it seems like the real kind of a lot of the real legacy like teams I think of as being the biggest teams in the league are in the West, and like we're getting a lot yeah. of them now in the new stadium. So we'll have um, we have a run of games where we have Kansas City, and then the Timbers, and then the Sounders, and then LAFC. Those are four home games in a row. Yeah, like that is some like that's that's some 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 big billing. 
coming into the new stadium. I think it, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'm happy that the home opener is, is Philadelphia Union. A little bit of a chance for some redemption there, perhaps. Yep. Um, we're going to have the Galaxy at home in Nashville. That's fun. Just knowing them as, like, you know, a historic team yeah. in this league. Like, you know. Donovan and... Yeah, just checking things off the list. Like, you know, when Nash when we knew that we were going to have an MLS team here, it's like you get excited thinking about the day when, like, an LA Galaxy come to play yeah, against I was you kinda, in Nashville. That's that's a cool thing. I was kind of hoping for some, like, better, like, um, especially in, like, the first eight games where we're away, like, being able to play, like, Similar to the first year, how they have it scheduled, where it was like away at LA Galaxy and then away at LAFC in the first same week, so we could do like an old LA trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this, there's not really a lot. Like you have San Jose and LA, but those aren't really close to each other. Yeah, what away trips could you see yourself making? Any? Could you see yourself so getting on a main flight? Ones, before the schedule came out, um, like Colorado Rapids, Denver's a really really cheap flight to get to. Um, Portland, I thought would be a cool one. Portland would be neat. Um, Austin. And then uh, I was really hoping, like, the two LA, LA, LA games would be, like, close to each other and we could mm-hmm. knock out both. But I'd probably rather go to LAFC, which is the match uh, decision, decision day. day October decision 9th. Day. Yeah. yeah, that so might be a fun one to go to. Just looking at it, um, Colorado, I think, would be cool. Um, Seattle would be dope. That's the first game of the year. It's nice we've added another drivable away match with Charlotte coming into the league. Yeah, I just don't know if I want to go to Charlotte. I don't just don't. I don't know if I'd. Go. I, it just depends on what's going on. Yeah, in my I think life you have time, like a more reason because of Jared. Yeah, and I can get home, stay with my parents, and then from yeah. there, like so if it's I stay a there, different. Then I a quick shot over. But I just, but I, I'm not like, I'm not super excited to have like I don't like. I, I just, you wouldn't do that like over another trip to Atlanta. Yeah, like to yeah. me, it's just like it's Charlotte. Like, there's hype because it's the first year, but I don't think we're ever gonna have a rivalry with Charlotte. Like, we have Atlanta. We have. Orlando, we have New York we'll City. See. You never know. Um, but yeah, looking at it, Real Salt Lake would be cool if I think Seth had brought up like if it's still snow season. Yeah. And like going to Real Salt Lake City, snowboarding, and then going to watch a game. Mm. Um, it's not a bad idea. San Jose, we could do because Barnett lives on the bay. True. True. That'd be fun. Um, it's it's a long ways away. Colorado, though. I mean, DC is we'll a really cheap. Flight. I have a hard time right now seeing myself getting on a flight for an away. I mean, it depends on what what my life looks like. You never know. But I mean, if it's like. Super cheap. DC would be really, really cool. Hmm. I always like going to DC. So Austin, Austin's like the, Austin's probably like the main one I'm excited for. I really want to go away Austin game. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll figure out a way to get to maybe one or two. Let's talk about outgoings at the club. Yep. Little squad churn. There's been more than what we'll list, but the significant ones are apparent. The first one I want to spend some time with is Matt Lagrassa. Um, because he has been one of my favorite players for yeah. Nashville SC. He is one of the guys that came up from USL, so I watched him be an important member of the team for two years before we got an MLS. And, you know, what's funny is it's not just sentimental. Like, he actually, over the past two seasons in MLS, has played quite a bit. So it's not just like you know it's nice to have that connection to the usl days and like it was fun to see him become an mls like squad member and contributor um but he also is going to take some replacing when you think about the minutes that he's played for the club yeah any any parting thoughts for one matt lagrassa no i don't hold a lot of like sentimental value yeah you never really cared for him too much it seemed like um yeah i thought he was upgradable like Mm -hmm. I think 
Yeah, I, I, it's fine. Yeah. I think he we can replace him. He is, yeah. But also, you know, at the least, it's like you know we're missing someone who played some minutes that mattered. Like he he. My only thing is if you're upgrading. So and I don't know if we'll get into this as far as like if you're upgrading Dax. So like with the rumors of like Sean Davis. Yeah. Now Dax is kind of in that Lagrassa role, and Dax is. True, and maybe that's how you upgrade yeah. then. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that could be the case. Also, Kose, Donaciano, maybe he comes back and starts He's a draft pick. I don't imagine they'll like loan him out. Or yeah, I think he's been on loans. Out. Oh, he's not outgoing. You're just saying he's also a midfielder. Piece. No, I'm saying with Lagrassa leaving, yeah. maybe that, yeah. you know, okay. maybe the club sees him as someone yeah. who could... In my mind... But yeah, you make a good point. Like yeah. if we sign like a starting level midfielder, maybe Dax becomes... If we continue with yeah. the midfield too, we have no reason to believe that we wouldn't. Um, that's how it works in my mind. Like Dax is yeah, your, that makes sense. Dax is your Lagrassa replacement. Yeah, fair enough. And yeah. that would be an upgrade then. Yeah. Dax can do a lot more probably than Lagrassa can on a regular basis. Um, I wanted to uh, let you pour one out one time for David Akam, who did not play yeah, for Nashville SC this season, but um, his options declined. We're we're finally rid of our financial obligations to David Akam. He played 461 minutes for Hammerby in sweden yeah. this year had one goal and one assist goodbye and good night sweet prince that's what he gets for sleeping with gary's daughter shouldn't have done that yeah this is what you get enjoy your time in sweden or i hope you did and enjoy your time wherever you're going um there'll always be a what if you know what if yeah no i think like this i don't know i don't like leal is really really good like i don't know where he would fit on this team anyways yeah one like, thing th- this was of- last year when we were like not like we went like get a moth fire there. We were like, if we get one goal in a game, we're like, fuck yeah, 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 so yeah. Like it's like he's someone that has scored a goal. Yeah, Maybe he could again. Yeah, yeah. and we was like we've advanced past the need. Yeah, yeah for David Kahn. We went but. through like ten games and didn't score more than one goal, and it was like, if we get a goal, like yeah. hell yeah. So we had like, some fun times with him. We had like, some fun times by not seeing him play. I, I think the need for David Akam... Who's fun for the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I think the need for David Akam no longer exists. Right. Uh, so I'm yeah. I'm okay with it. Last year, I was upset. This year, I'm like, you know what? We've moved on from the need of a David Akam. Yeah, gone but not forgotten. Um, Jaleel Anibaba. How will you remember him? Um, being an anti-vax. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, he might have been. It really been. snuck under the radar. Um, uh, I think we got some follow-up on this from some of our sources, and apparently, maybe he was between doses yeah. during that. But yeah, we we thought he might be an anti-vaxer at one point, which would no, be a I funny think, turn. I think I'll remember him. I think he had like a header one game. It was just like really really good. I think that's the one thing I remember. Any Baba. Yeah. The hand wrap. He always wore a hand wrap True. on his hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Filling in for Zimmerman. When I never he thought he was, you know. No, great. I thought. I thought. Like, I like, think Jack Mayer is our third best center back. That's fine. And always the, was. The only thing that bothered me with Andy Baba was I felt like if you were going to play Miller at center back, just play Andy Baba. True. Like, yes. That that was the annoying thing was like, this is where it I It all comes up, back to Eric Miller. This but is, this yeah, is yeah a this good is where point. I brought yeah. up where I was like. Uh, he was a, he he. He was a better center back than Eric Miller, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I thought, so in my mind, there were better wing backs and there were better center backs than Eric Miller, but there probably wasn't anyone that could do both. And whatever reason, Gary valued that yeah. utility to be able to play him in both positions um, over just like picking one and being like, all right, let's get a better player. Like, uh, yeah, that was it. So yeah. I thought, 
that was a little I was a little annoyed that like we weren't getting because I I probably to be honest even the Philly like even the Philly game I probably would have rather have like played uh, Johnson in the wing back role and Andy Baba in the center back role. Okay. Rather I, than Johnston in the, I think it worked out well. I think Miller ended up, like I've said, having yeah. a really, really. I mean, yeah, he assisted on the one goal that we scored. So two like, matches in the playoffs, you got to kill that bug. It's right there on the cushion beside you. It's right by where your head was. Just, I'm, I'm looking out for you. I didn't want him to crawl in the hood and just be living in there. I would have felt a sense of guilt. Yeah, for the right. rest of the pod. Um. Yeah. No good points. Abu Dunlady. I'll actually remember him fondly for tearing his hamstring. Yeah, he had some injury problems. He started seven times in 2020. He scored a late equalizer this year at home against Montreal. Montreal, yep. So, if you think about it, our unbeaten record at home might not have happened without him. You know, the whole time we kind of had a big, like, striker room and still do now with some new signings, like we talked about. But we never really had any other forwards that were like Abu Dunlady. He's pacey, and he's kind of like a wingery forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember in season one, he started alongside Daniel Rios against Atlanta at one point, kind of early in that season. And I thought that those two had some promise as a front two. And I guess it never really clicked for Don Lottie in Nashville, but he had some moments and like, you know, I, I was never like disappointed to see him coming on. You never really felt super confident he was going to like turn a game around, but like, you know, he was he was he was a fine option and maybe he'll go on and do something somewhere else. Um, Dylan Neelis has been traded to the New York Red Bulls for some game or something, I'm not sure. Dylan Neelis, we hardly knew ye. Yeah, again, Neelis, another one <laughs> comes full circle back to Eric Miller. Uh True. I'm fine, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Seven degrees of of Eric Miller. <laughs> yeah, like I'm fine with it. Um uh, Neelis was a a uh, victim of making one mistake and then never seeing the pitch ever again. Yeah. I thought uh, I really liked, I, you know, it's funny that we played, we kind of shoehorned two other players into a right wing back position instead of Neilis, who seemed kind of fit for that. He seemed like a, like a, like a, mm-hmm. like a prototypical right wing back. Um, instead we played Miller and Johnston there. Johnston. I still don't think that's ever going to be a position he really thrives at, which kind of might be a concern going into next year if he continues to be an important part of the team and Mayer does too and I mean, I think Johnson kind of has to play at wing back I I never know if that's going to work out great but like I guess I guess right now Johnson is considered our our starting right wing back if I had to guess if we're going to continue to start Jack Mayer in the back three I Jack Mayer did assist on that goal okay that's good we got <laughs> found it out. some uh yeah we, that's good we figured that out um yeah, Dylan Neal's we hardly knew. Yeah, either. again, it was he's I'm fine with trading him. Uh yeah. Uh last one, I think, unless I'm forgetting one, you let His me know. His neck was huge. I'll remember him for that. <laughs> John Dercotties. The yeah. man, the myth, the enigma. Sag. What a wild ride we had with John Deere Caddies. Yep. Any final thoughts on the big Venezuelan? Um I I wish him the best. I uh, again, he got I think undeserved hate. Yeah. Um, but he was very frustrating at times. Yeah. He, he might have. No one deserves hate, but you know, people were disappointed in him. I think for good reasons at times. He also got a lot of hate from Facebook people that were, um, you know, just yeah. They, I they think, figured out that this was someone they could complain about, and like everyone yeah. on Facebook, they just wanted to 
be nasty and complain. It's hard because I think, and that makes you want to defend him. But I found him largely. It's it's funny now, and like the way he ended his time in Nashville with that goal is like it just all adds to the funniness. But like once you get away from we that s- and look at it holistically, like as our we started Nashville, his Nashville SC career in his first game, scoring a goal. Yeah, uh, and then he ends it scoring a goal, which is funny. Uh, yeah, but as a DP nine. You know, I I think it was kind of a failed signing. Didn't really work out. Yeah, I think what it's an failed. Interesting player, I think it's failed. I think um, it's hard because, and I've brought this up a bunch. Um, I don't think he was ever really put in a good position to succeed. Um, I think when he came on the pitch, it was late, like ten minutes left for a while. Or uh, if he started a game, it was like the C squad, and it was like. You know what are you gonna do? Like I look back to that Chicago game, where it was like, uh, yeah, I think that was the he started with Loba, okay, Loba and him, and it was just like, and then we had like they just got sacrificed. It's like it's a shooting field. We're gonna play the players that aren't important to us. Yeah, and it was like we had like twenty, thirty percent possession that game. It was just like, there was nothing. Like it's just you're not. He was never put in a position to succeed, and when he was occasionally. A lot of times he dropped the ball. Like you look at the uh, fuck, what game was that where he had like had that wide open miss header? Was that the inter? That was the inter Miami game. Okay, that we lost. Well, I'll be you know I'll I'll follow his career with interest. Um, yeah, he's still young. Is he? Is he twenty? He's like twenty five. Okay, yeah. I mean yeah, we'll see. I wonder if if he would have any interest in in it's staying in, like uh, in this hemisphere. Um, I think we should talk about the Rodrigo Pinheiro situation. He's once again been kind of posting on yeah. some, on some sad boy shit, which honestly, you know, just joking. Like, I think, you know, if he's experiencing a difficult time as a young man coming to a new country, yeah, this is that's, a, that can be definitely tough. This for is sure. a hard subject because yeah, it is um, from like a club perspective or like a Gary perspective. Um, it's still a work place and like mm-hmm. you wouldn't go like I wouldn't go into my work and just like like start complaining on social media about the work that's a fair point but at the same time it's like mental health is, is like super super important and if the kid literally is suicidal like but he uh, never said that right uh, I think they said in the interview like he was like, okay because yeah I think a lot of this comes off the back of I think he went back to yeah. Uruguay maybe he he did a either where the country he's from which I believe is Uruguay or yeah. where he played I don't know if Danubio is Uruguayan but regardless he went and did like a radio interview and discussed like just the shitty time he had in Nashville and we knew he was yeah. kind of having a shitty time he used to tweet and put on Instagram like I just want to play again I'm unhappy yeah. um he kind of elaborated on that is he leaving does it seem like it's over for him in Nashville um I would I, I think best case scenario for me is like loan him out somewhere to like Uruguay and like uh, I hope that it's not the end of him. I don't know about that. I think the best case scenario would be, well, there's not. We he don't stays ha- here and and he he starts to play. I think that we could use a player like that. We could really use some wing threat. Well, this is assuming he's not playing. I'm assuming he's not playing in Carey's Carey's system. Maybe. I mean, I um, don't know. This, it would be different if we if we were doing the uh, the MLS two league, but we're not doing that for another year. Yeah. Like if he, if there was another league where he could play like in another league, we also didn't have the cup that he yeah. could have played in U.S. Yeah. Open Cup this season, so that hurt him along with some yeah. other players. So I think if he's not, if you're not going to play him on like the main team, and we don't have a MLS two team, 
then like making him sit at home for another year is like not the solution. Yeah. Um, but back to the original, like I think if um, you are depressed and you don't feel like you have any outlet to talk to someone and like social media is like kind of your last grasp at something like I can't really be upset at him. Like if that's his, how he felt was his like last I'm saying you don't really harbor any ill will towards him. No, no some people have said like, Oh, you know, yeah, it sucks, but you kind of need to, you need to handle the situation with like more maturity or like just yeah. like, keep your head down and sort of, you know, he right. did, he did make public like his frustration from a, lack of playing time standpoint yeah and if it was like frustration like uh if he was just maybe that's a different thing than like going through a difficult time if he was airing it out and just saying like like i'm frustrated fuck these guys like Like, that's not happy i'm homesick i miss home that's a little different yeah him being like i'm literally depressed and like i have no one it's two different things yeah Yeah, so like i get it i get the side from like gary's perspective being like this guy's just like you know be more mature this is still a workplace but i also like mental health side kind of get like when you're depressed like and you feel like you don't have anyone to talk to like fucking post it on social media that feels like that sure. might be the only thing you can do yeah it's not like yeah it's, it's not like the most egregious thing for like a, no. a young man to do like i don't harbor any will ill will towards him for that no. um the, mo- the more discouraging aspects of the rodrigo pinero situation for me revolve around what it what it says about Nashville SC right now, which we're in a great spot for the most part, but one we really haven't seen any young attacking players develop under Gary. Mm-hmm. Like credit for developing Jack Mayer, Alistair Johnson, but like, is there are there young attacking players that we would say like have really developed at Nashville SC? I don't know. I mean, it depends on how you think about Mukhtar and Leal, but like hmm? Johnson. No, he's not an attacking player. Really. Oh, attacking. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, yeah, when I first thought about this, I was like, well, we have seen young players really develop, but they're all I would really I'll, kind of defenders. I would Jack Mayer, Alistair Johnson being I would the main give Leal two. Leal a little bit. You could you could say Leal a little bit, but, like, a pure, like, forward, like, striker. No. Like, we haven't seen the ability for this club to foster that yet. My second thing signing young talent from the hemisphere like using those u22 initiative slots i think that is important to developing our club but i think you could say like other players that are looking to join in that kind of range or using one of those u22 slots they might look at the pinero situation and think like uh, this isn't a place where i can go and get a chance yeah i mean from what we were told is like there are resources for him like there's translators and there's therapists and stuff like that. Like the team provides all that. So I don't know. I don't know that. I think this, I don't know necessarily know that like, um, at Nashville's like a bad spot to develop. It just was, I think maybe this situation, uh, with the mindset of who like, like Lolly's mindset and with a mix of like, I also feel like Gary's just not like, he's not a, uh, doesn't seem like the like personable, like you don't want to like, seems like a coach if that makes sense what do you mean he's not he doesn't come off as like uh i'm gonna be your friend as well Mm, yeah maybe not um and i think uh it works for some players and not others but when you're young and you're going coming to a country where you don't really speak the language and you have this coach that like isn't really approachable it seems like 
um, and you're not playing on like any sort of development team or anything like that, like just like what the fuck, yeah, yeah. Well, I think as a closing point on Pinero, for me, I'd really like to see him stay. I yeah. hope he does. I think we could really use some wing threat or like a wide attacking player. We really haven't had a lot of that. You think again, going back to the Philly game, looking to see if someone could be a spark off the bench. Often it is like those wingery, wide attacking types. In a different world, maybe Pinero could have been the one. I mean, I I could I kind of I think I predicted this kind of sort of being the case with Pinero. Like yeah, we wouldn't see him much this season. He's a project. Um, but I didn't expect it to have so much negativity around it. So I, I hope it works yeah. out. I'd, I, I mean, what if he, you know, it'd be a great story if he became like a important contributor or even a starter, depending on how, how the system changes next year. Like, you know, it's one of those, I hope it works out, but also like if the kid's going to be depressed, I'm like, just go home, man. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, his, you like know, don't sacrifice your mental health to play a, at, at the end of the day. What is a entertainment game? Sure. Well, to be continued on the Pinero um, front. I had one other thing. Oh, I was I, and not really do with mental illness, but I think I mean there is there does need to be a conversation. I think which we probably had a bunch, but that like players that uh, Mike Jacob signs and Gary does not utilize. Like mm-hmm. there seems to be a disconnect. Yeah. Well, when you yeah when you look at the money that gets spent for certain players, yeah. I mean, namely Pinero got some money spent on him over a million dollars. Yeah. Ake Loba. Yeah, they don't they don't yeah. get used proportional to proportion god, you know, the for the amount we spent on them, they don't get used that much. Yeah. And players become more important that we spend a lot less on or didn't spend anything on. So Buana, yeah, I mean, made a trade of Buana. I mean, traded Jimmy Madranda for Buana. Madranda was really really good for Seattle. Yeah. Buana played one game and like had one bad game and then never saw the field ever again. Would you say maybe that Jacobs is bringing in the right players and maybe it's the wrong manager for some of them because that's still a disconnect. Like uh, yeah. it's still, it is still on the club to bring in Gary players. Cause he is the manager. You've picked him as the manager. There shouldn't be, you know, it does speak to a disconnect. The fact that I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I don't I think, it's, I think it's, um, it's a little concern the relationship works for the most part, but like there are some glaring things like that, especially yeah. when it gets to us spending money on players that, don't become as important as as they should be for being one of the few that we splash the cash for. Yep. But we have splashed the cash for a couple guys. We made two signings. Let's talk about Ethan Zubak and Teal Bunbury. Yeah, I don't know anything about either of these players. <laughs> so yeah, I I know just so Teal Bunbury we could start with. I'm a little I don't want to be like a, a Debbie Downer. I'm a little meh on this one. You were meh on CJ Sapong. Uh, I remember you being pretty mad on CJ Sapong. Okay, maybe, yeah. Well, I would love for Bun... I mean, that would be the idea. Not this he role. comes in and has a Sapong-like yeah. impact. But I just... Bunbury, I have seen play a bit. Like, I, I my, my memories of him are seeing him come off the bench for New England and, like, not really do a lot. So, yeah. another aspect of it, and this gets into us signing kind of two forwardy players, attacking players, is... Was it necessary? So, like, it seems like we've replaced with Zubak and Bunbury. And Zubak, I'll just say, I don't really know much about. Except, I think when Chicharito started the year and was playing well, and I think Jacob said this, and I might have listened to their Club and Country interview, um, or maybe seen him say it somewhere else. But um, with Zubak, I think he was playing when when Chicharito was scoring goals. Um, 
for the Galaxy at the beginning of the season and was a part of that and had a good partnership with him. He's a big guy. He's, like I, I like I like the Zubac signing. Just what I think I like, the what I what I can know about it, but I, yeah. I can't say that I remember watching him play or anything like that. I think that, I like but, the Zubac more than uh, yeah. The Bradbury one. He's twenty three. So he's young. He can develop with us. Um, nice to 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 sign a young player that can continue to improve, especially as an attacker. Although getting into Will Gary make the most out of an attacking signing. I don't know. Maybe Zubac's the one. Um, he scored goals at a good rate in USL. So. Maybe that bodes well for us. I'm, I'm I'm happy to see that that type of, of signing. Yep. Um, but with the with the two strikers in general, I I wonder was it necessary? It seems it feels like we've replaced Cadiz and Donlati with Zubac and Bunbury. And my, I just I asked the question: Was it necessary to replace both of them? It's there's still much of a muchness among our forwards. It feels like, and I would like to see us show some faith in Ake Loba. And start to rely on him. Yeah, I don't necessarily know that that's the replacement. It feels like um, they, uh, like I think they're probably a little frustrated with like Rios's injury, and just wanting someone. To me, that's like the Zubac, where it's like we just want someone that's dependable to be our fourth striker. Like when you know Sapong or Ake Loba need a rest or they're injured, and we need a second striker off the bench. Uh, like to me, that's the Zubac one. Uh, Burnberry, I guess, would be Bunbury. Like Burnberry, whatever, would be the Cadiz <laughs> replacement for me. Hmm. I think so. that um, Zubac's more like the big kind of target man striker. Um, Bunbury kind of is like a somewhat of a wingery type, but he's getting older, so he might not yeah. have. Maybe he's like a acceleration. mix, like uh, if you need to take Liao off or Mukhtar off, or like you have that flexibility to take any of them off for. Uh, whereas like Rios was like one, like you couldn't really play Rios on the way. He can't play anywhere except for the middle. Yeah. So it was like, and a little Bunbury, I think is a little more versatility and a little bit with Cadiz and the same, like you really couldn't really play him anywhere else. I feel like. Right. Um, whereas like, yeah, if if you're saying he can play on the wing, that kind of gives you some more versatile attacking signing. So I guess that's something that can be encouraged. So to me, it's like, Ake Loba and, uh, Sapong are your two strikers. And then uh, Brunberry is like flexibility to play any of the four position. Well, probably any of the three. Yeah. Top three positions. And then Zubek is your like, all right, Akilova or uh, Sapong are out or resting. We need a second striker. Fair enough. Other like, prospective signings? Uh, I mean, we talked a little bit about the Sean Davis. Yeah, one. Let's I think talk that, about the Sean Davis. I don't know him from Adam, but apparently he played every minute for the Red Bulls this season or yeah. something like that. I don't I don't remember. I mean, I remember thinking the Red Bulls were really good against us. I don't remember him yeah. sticking out specifically. I don't either. Um, people talk highly about him and say he'd come in and be a starter right away. I mean, I think Ben pre-rumors of national signing him said he was like a top three midfielder in the league. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, and I, and I like... I'm probably making that up. I was kind of even more sold on it off of what you said with McCarty sort of aging into like a rotation option in that mm-hmm. midfield too. I think that someone coming in and taking his spot and being reliable alongside Godoy and and as Godoy ages, maybe kind of doing some of the running for him because like we really kind of relied on Godoy more than we. I think we relied on both should Godoy have and had to, like yeah. especially down the stretch of the season and in the playoffs. So, yeah, I could get behind that. There's a DP slot open now. Yeah, I got a feeling. I feel. I got a feeling we're not going to use it. Yeah, that's the word. Is that no moves would be likely until January? Yeah, or I'm sorry, until after January, just because of the market. Um, 
but I, I actually don't like you know we, we would get players midway through our season in the summer that are through their seasons elsewhere specifically in Europe that would be like they'd be easier to sign yeah but I, I don't know if I like waiting like that just because with signing someone in the summer while the season's going on for us we, we don't have any evidence right now that Nashville SC can integrate a DP signing to contribute quickly yeah okay Loba <laughs> um, you know my um, only my only thing is um I don't know where we would need a DP like because everyone wanted a DP in the midfield and if we're going to sign Sean Davis and not take up a DP spot we no longer need that like where else would you see a DP signing and my only thought is like if Johnston leaves at yeah. some point and then I think a DP uh, we had this conversation with right Yedlin back. like two years ago though and, and yeah w- a lot of people shot back like you don't make a designated player signing at like fullback or in a defending do position. You not I feel like that's like one that can, especially if they can do like a right wing back. I would say wide wing. attacker. I would say like a, you know, I, I would look to like a, a wide forward or but wide who attacker. Are you replace so if, if, if we don't need a midfield, but I would, I would spend it on a mid, I would put the DP spot on a midfielder. Regardless, we need a fucking starting level yeah. midfielder to be signed. Otherwise this, but off season would be am, a complete failure. In my like, um, if we're staying with the back three and your front three are going to be a striker, Mukhtar and Liao, and you already have a DP striker and Akeloba signed, and then you have the midfield of Godoy, Sean Davis, uh-huh. and McCarty and Anunga, and then doesn't look bad. Then your back three is Mayer, Romney, Zimmerman, and Lovitz. Like, I like it. To me, that's where a potential DP is, is if Johnson leaves. And uh, mm-hmm. I would I would use it, especially if that player has a versatility to play a wingback role. Yeah, it's hard to identify that type of player. I mean, like someone that could be, I don't know. It's, like, I don't think it's worth... It'd be a tricky re- signing. I don't think it's worth replacing Liao. Yeah. And you already have two DPs in Mukhtar and Ake Loba. Liao the wingback. I mean, I've said that. <laughs> <laughs> we know. Um yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. We have, you know, this one is going to be over two hours, but we will be able to uh, chime back in before next season, and, and maybe we will have already made some of these signings and we won't have to speculate. Yeah. Um, Give me to see it out and to close out another season of Nashville SC Soccer and the Paradise Pod podcast. Give me a way too early prediction for next season to close this out. And I'm going to brag early. on myself because I said last year in my way too early prediction that Hani Mukhtar would be double-digit goals and assists, and ding, 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 right on target with that one. Um, but what do you got? Give me a way too early so prediction. This is with the assumption that because there's been news today that uh, like Zimmerman is getting looked at. There's been news mm. that even like Mukhtar's getting looked at in Europe, um, or that potentially like Mukhtar would be one. Assuming the squad is as it is now and we upgrade the midfield. Um, so say we sign Sean Davis. So the team is as now and we sign Sean Davis. Um, I think you're probably looking at like top four in the league. Okay. Hell um, yeah. Challenge on for supporter shield. Yeah. It would be nice. Um, it would be incredible. I mean, it would be, yeah, that's the thing is like, I think that there I think the range of possibilities now becomes wider on both the floor and the ceiling side of things. Like yeah. like I think that the 
whether we were worse or better from season one to season two, which we were better, and that was great. I think that um, the window of of how of how much it could vary and where it could go was a little bit more narrow. Now yeah. I think it it with certain important players getting older, um, like Godoy and McCarty, um, and I just in general I have this feeling that like the 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 floor is lower like there's more of a possibility that it could go bad i'm not saying that it will um, See, i'm the opposite i think almost the ceiling okay. staying the same and i think with each year between the, la- the first year and last year floor gets higher the floor gets higher okay. and um yeah i think we're more likely to like like first year you could have been like oh we're, we might be like bottom five in the league and then the second year we're like Oh, uh, we're probably we're not gonna be bad on five of the league, but you know we might be like anywhere from like five to like fifteen. And next year I'm like, all right, we might be anywhere from like top ten to like top three. Yeah. Okay. So I like, can take that. I don't really have anything as good. Like I felt good about Mugtar going from from season one to season yeah. two, and that that I I felt good about. I felt like I really hit the sweet spot on that one. I really hit the crack. Yeah, I think bat. Liao's supposed to have like a really good year like every maybe, year he's gotten a little bit better maybe he's the one that kind of explodes um, he's kind of you think he'll continue to play in that kind of midfield role like the runner out of midfield like the most attacking of kind of a midfield three it's a weird it's, it's it's weird to me that he ended up being there but he he, he did some things there i don't know we'll have to wait and see because we i don't think we ever saw liao Mukhtar, and ake loba together true to even know what that looks like yeah i guess my way too early prediction I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that we get something out of that Ethan Zubak. I could see him becoming like a little yeah. bit of a player. Maybe it ends up being like Sapong like Zubak I, with like Mukhtar in behind. Like them I said, somehow. I just see it as like a more reliable Rios. Like okay. I don't think he's gonna put up like ten goals, but it'll probably be like six. But he's gonna be available, which is like the main thing. Like Rios probably could have put up six goals this year uh, had he been available for even like fifty percent of the games. <laughs> Um, that's it. Yeah, that's the podcast for the year. That's Nashville SC for the year. Um, good. I'm fucking hungry, man. It's been great. Um, it continues to be one of the most fun things that I've got going on in my little life. Um, and we didn't talk about we were recognized. Were we? Very oh yes, pres- a very, very prestigious. Yes, very. Uh, we 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 yeah, we're recognized in a in a massive way as um as being uh the most important MLS podcast of all time. That wasn't it. By somebody. That uh, wasn't it, but it was fun. Um, but just the pod just continues to grow, man. We just continue to, you know. We got third and Sobro, Sobro's Network. The famous Sobro Network. Famous, famous uh, Sobro's to Network. To be recognized. Honestly, when we started this podcast, that was something that we only, we, we would talk about it, but just as like, a dream like what if we could finish as high as third in the yeah. sobro twitter yeah. thing and we did it we fucking we did, did it. it and we couldn't have done it without you guys thank you so much for hanging out and, and making this uh a fun thing to continue to do uh we had a lot of great guests on the pod this year some first time folks some returners from season one but uh let's give the squad a shout out man shouts out to uh shouts out to davy Coming back on the pod, John Hobbenreich, once again, Pater, Nashville, also bringing through corn, Nashville coming on the pod. That was a was a proud moment. That that feels like forever ago, but uh, that was this season when we we had our first international correspondent. Shouts out Paul as always. We got Ben Wright. We we landed our white whale. 
Um, and it was so much fun. Slaped at the pot a couple times and uh, was great. We had freaking our buddy Joe. Oh, yeah. Atlanta game. Yeah, the Atlanta game was so much fun. Um, did Javier ever come back on the podcast? Nope. Javier's always with us, even when he's not on the pod. The season preview, the beginning of the season, we had Andy on the the the, no, I was, uh, the rats came in the on, washing machine. He came he came on and then uh I was like, Good start to season. He's got you know never one got podcast back, appearance but, um, one- I got I got him more regularly in my life now. He's he's joined the uh the the Tuesday night league. Um which has been a fun, a really, really nice thing for me this year. One of my favorite things from the year has been um having my rec league team and that came from the pod. Slate listened to me saying I needed people to play with and he was like, Come play and so that's been great. Um, personally for me as well. Um, did we miss anybody? We got Trill, Ryan McClarty. Um, um, hopefully you, listener, join the pod next yeah. season. You know, We want to represent all the different types of fans that are out there. And Yeah, I think next year's the year of the diversity. We, the year we need of to, the woman. We need to, <laughs> we need to get... Maybe. <laughs> or not even just w- woman, you know. Maybe ethnicity. even just people that are, you know... Not cis white men. Sure. Um... We'll see. We'll see about all that. But uh, no, it's been great. Um, And we'll see you in the new year. Yep. One last time. Donald, I love you. Goodbye. Come on. Yeah, boys and gold.